That is right, folks. After an unplanned week off, we are back! Unplanned parenthood. I mean, unplanned week off. <laughs> Shouldn't that, that company really be called <laughs> Unplanned Parenthood, not Planned Parenthood? Nobody's ever gone to Planned Parenthood with a plan beforehand <laughs> to get there. Nobody sat down with right. their husband of, of seven years and said, you know what? We should really start thinking about having a family, and then we can go to Planned Parenthood, and then we can get an abortion. <laughs> and if that broad is out there, like, please give me a maybe call. Maybe somebody has an abortion on their bucket list. I, I really want to meet that woman. We we would get along well together. I will marry you, and we can we can we can have tons of little fetuses and abort them all over the world. We'll just have a little map, and we'll put red <laughs> thumbtacks in every state we've aborted fetuses. Some of them are going to be tricky. There's a couple states I think you can't do it at all, so we got to get into a back alley. But, you know, I'll handle the coat hanger. She just spreads her legs. The coat hanger strangler. Yes, folks, uh, we apologize for, for not being around last week. Um, to put it bluntly in wrestling terms, Fat Mac lost his smile and was in no... No position, no mood, no nowhere near uh, capable of putting on a show last week. So, he even went as far as to tell me I should do the show by myself last week. I tried to push him. I don't want that. And none of you want that. So we didn't do that. Um, But I'm happy to say I'm doing better now. I can't say I found my smile, but at least I got myself in the place where we can record... Get back to y'all. I always this is very ther- therapeutic for me. I can't admit that. I even my therapist and I have talked about how this podcast is therapeutic. So it is very good for me to get on here, do this, and just vent to all of you great folks and to my bro mate Pasty White over there who who always makes me feel warm and coddled and come. He always comes when I'm around. Always, every time. I come when you coddle. Coddle, 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 coddle. Should be coddle, like a, coddle. Yeah, that should be a bird call. The coddling bird. <laughs> That's maybe, the mating call of the cuttlefish. <laughs> maybe it shouldn't, because if it lived around me, I'd just be coming all the time. Coddle, coddle, oh! <laughs> should be awkward at Thanksgiving dinner is all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, pasty, let's get Close into the, the windows! <laughs> let's get into the business portion of it. Read us through the, 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 the smig smag and the smargle. The smig smag and the smargle. Alright. Folks, you all need vital decals because your car's just too fucking blank. I drive down the highway, and there's not enough interesting shit for me to read, and I find myself forced to pay attention to the road. What the fuck is up with that? What the fuck? Well, I've got a solution for the problem. All you have to do is hit up my good friend, Corey Matthews, at MonsterWearClothing.com. He'll set you up with custom vinyl decals representing your brand or the brands you love. Or if you just want a vinyl dick on the back of your car, he'll probably do that too. He'll hook you up with top quality merchandise, low rates, fast turnaround times, and low shipping costs. 
And for just a few months more, work, he'll well, actually right. slap his real dick on your car. Yeah, just paint it up and slap it on there. Why not? He'll slap your mama in the face, too. You said you wanted a mushroom on your car? Here, let me get that. <laughs> All this and more. And by more, I mean custom handmade t-shirts. And hand-painted hockey masks. Halloween's right around the corner, folks. <laughs> oh, you're a true sinner. You know, Mom wants to wear clothing today. <laughs> Tell them Pasty White sent you. Uh, In other news, of course, we've got the third annual Galactic Get Down coming up. Sooner than expected, man. It's right around the corner. Time flies by so fast, and you got to get these tickets while they're still available, folks. Huge lineup. Amazing lineup. Down in Houston, Minnesota. Houston! Houston, we have a get down. Brought to you by Seahorse Productions, and of course, the good folks at Dead Larry. This roster is unlike any other year before. This is stacked to the fucking rafters with some of the best musicians around. The best musicians you've never heard of. You gotta be there. You gotta be there. Yes, I'm folks, trying to get some information that here. one guy. Always that yes. one guy. Useful Jenkins. The Way Down Wanderers. Frogleg who I dug, UV Hippo, who I don't think I've ever heard. That doesn't sound uh, familiar to me. Ultraviolet Hippopotamus. L-Dub's going to be there. Space Monster and good friends of Cloud Style Broadcasting, Space Monkey Mafia will be back. Love them, guys. They were awesome, fun to hang out with. If you haven't uh, heard our interview with them, check it out. It's on Get Local MN. Uh, Basement yeah. Brew, Basement Brew is going to be there. The Von Tramps, Northern Medicine, just just a tons of people. Smoking Joe and Friends, can't forget about Smoking Joe and Friends. Sister Tree, New Elements, Illegal Smile, and so many more. Hosted by Big Zach. Folks, it's only eighty five dollars for a full weekend pass if you get it pre sale. If you get it at the gate, it's $100, so you save yourself uh, 15 bucks there. I, I'd do that. This includes camping, electricity Correct. at every campsite. That's Correct. right. Running water. Correct. And public Wi-Fi for everyone. You got it. Bring your gaming consoles. Enjoy some live music. Take a trip to the stars at the Galactic Get Down and come find us. At the Cloud Style Broadcasting booth, where we will be all weekend. Come blast off into the Midwest premier outer space themed outdoor music and camping festival, folks. Yeah! That was a good one. I think we did alright that time. That was really good. And folks, I am sipping on a brew, as Fat Max been known to do. And this one is a Summit Brewing Company Lazy Sipper. I'm pretty sure I've never had this one before. It's a blonde ale with a hint of strawberries. 
Ooh, it's not too bad. I like it. It's very sharp, very crisp. I kind of, I can smell a strawberry scent when I'm drinking it, but I really didn't taste any strawberry in it. Uh, but a really nice, crisp, cool beer. This is a good one. It hasn't gotten to be deck sitting weather yet, but man, when I can sit out on my deck, this is going to be one I'm going to pick up and sip on that. Folks, homegrown in Minnesota with all local hops, malts, and strawberries, this thirst-quenching blonde ale celebrates everything Minnesota provides, from its sunshine and thunderstorms to its lakes, rivers, and farms, and even hog shit. With notes of light toast, a hint of fresh berry, and gentle citrus hops, Summit Lazy Sipper reminds you to, dry, to dive headfirst into the carefree northern summer, which we may or may not get. We don't know. Summit Lazy It'll Sipper. be here eventually. Man, I tell you what, I'm happy to see the snow go. At the same point, this is Minnesota, and I know we're not done yet. We'll get one more round before this is all done, and it'll probably dump another two feet on us. It'll be gone in a day, but it will happen. You know, I can be optimistic, but I think we actually have seen the last of the snow. They were talking hail for this week, but we didn't see that. That kind of missed us, too, so I don't know. Any Anything other than what we've been getting, I'm happy. All right. It's time to get out, cast some fishing lines, chuck some discs in the disc golf courses, smoke some weed, and drink some beers. Uh, oh, fun family festivities. Yeah. This week I'm off to sauce again, as usual. A little bit of an adjustment period for me, but I think... Things are about to be golden in Pasty's world. I'm very excited for the future. Nothing gold lasts forever, Pasty White. Don't you read the outside? All that, all that glitters is gold. You stay golden, Pony Boy. <laughs> Only shooting stars break the mold. I don't know if we're if we're I don't know if we're reciting lines from books or lines from songs now. I've gotten confused. There you go. <laughs> Fuck the police. Somebody once and asked said me. it with authority. <laughs> Somebody once asked, "Can you spare some change for gas? I need to get myself away from this place." Skeet, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> Skeet, skeet, skeet. Goddamn. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's good to be back, folks. It's good. It's been too long. Too long! God, it felt like two weeks is too long. It felt like eternities. Ugh. One one week is one long, two weeks is too long. That's the way I look at it. (laughs) How many weeks is Teddy long? I tell you what, Teddy Long is one-on-one with The Undertaker. Holla, 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 holla. (laughs) Oh, what do you say we we dive right into some news, notes, and rumors there, Paste? All right, I think we could do that. And folks, we're going to give you a little special. Pasty White is reading the news this week. Isn't that weird? Wow. I guess it's kind of make up for the fact that I didn't host the show by myself last week. <laughs> that and I'm trying to have a little bit more pull and responsibility around the place. I like when you pull my responsibility. 
Oh, I pull your responsibility hard, sir. Damn right. <laughs> Vigorously spit on my hand. Yeah. All right, folks. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some news. That's it? Yeah. No. <laughs> that was totally on purpose this time. <laughs> <clears throat> now, if you watched this week's episode of SmackDown, you might have noticed this. But to deter fans from singing along with the Heels theme song, this week WWE unveiled a new remixed version of Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song. Now dubbed Shadows of a Setting Sun, his entrance features a music video with a violinist and the band Shadows of the Sun, and includes rap rock vocals in Japanese. We here at B-Snicks Podcast were wondering what the lyrics were if translated to English and did some digging. You can watch the video with translated subtitles at the B-Snicks Podcast Facebook page on Facebook Facebook.com forward slash B-Sticks Podcast. It's yes, pretty wonderful. And they, are, they are very interesting lyrics indeed. But you know what? They fit his style and they fit his character. King of Dong style, Shitsuke Nakamura. In slightly related news in the fact it's bizarre, <laughs> in unorthodox fashion, this week... Teen heartthrob James Ellsworth alone put his tag titles with Gilbert on the line in a one-on-one match against an eight-year-old fan. Things were looking rough for the big hog after having his toes stomped by the challenger, but as we know, any man with two hands has a fighting chance. And James defeated this bully by sneaking in a roll-up for the pin. You can also check this video out at b6.com. Yeah, I mean, no Facebook.com <laughs> forward slash Beefsticks Podcast. Beefsticks. We don't make enough money to have our own website. We will. We're going to get there. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's no Kenny Omega. But uh, like you said, he's got two hands and, a, and, and half a chin. You don't need a chin to have a chance. He's like, he's like Kenny Beta, maybe. <laughs> Or even Kenny, Kenny Zeta. <laughs> Kenny Ozeta. Kenny Ozeta. Kenny, Kenny Zeta Jones. That's a <laughs> weird thought. Now I got a weird picture in my head. It's like such a confused boner right now. <laughs> just go with it. Go with it. Right. Sometimes you just got to let loose. Let yourself be free. <laughs> Relax your mind and let your body be free and sit down with the sounds of the beef. And it's a great video. It actually goes on for about 20 minutes. It's worth the watch. I I suggest checking it out. We all love James Ellsworth, and it's important to support him in his endeavors. Hoping that maybe one day at WrestleMania, Braun Strowman will pluck him from the crowd as a tag team partner. Yeah, you, you really got to, you know, I give him so much shit on this show, and rightfully so. But you really got to support the guy. He truly is living the dream. Um, he's a fan. He's been a fan his whole life. He never was going to be big. 
I mean, he's not AJ Styles. He's not Daniel Bryan. He's not Amazing Red. He's small and average at most in the ring. But he got a chance in WWE. His personality shown, and he made the best of it. And I hope this guy has such a long and successful career. I'm going to shit on him every chance I get. But deep down inside, I really I really hope the best for this guy. I want anybody to succeed in wrestling, but especially just just a guy who's a fan at heart. He's out there doing it for the greater good. I mean, he, he created the Intergender Championship, which he still holds to this day. Yes, He's he tag team partners with the one and only Gilberg. That's pretty legendary in its own fact and something he could have never accomplished inside the WWE or without WWE for that matter. So he's taking the lemons that he was handed, and he's definitely squeezing out some lemonade. Yeah, not too many people can take the original Dwayne and make and make a championship material out of him. I mean, it worked with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We're talking Dwayne the Gil Gilberg here, folks. It's great. I couldn't imagine a better tag team ma- member for the guy, for James Ellsworth. They They work so perfectly together. Maybe Braun Strowman. That would I would have loved to see that team. at that WrestleMania. That was team. that was my pick, you know, yep, James Ellsworth. Yep. Why wouldn't it be James Ellsworth? Give him another chance. He's been doing good things. And WWE is kind of moving forward with these intergender matches. Ish. Bring his championship out of the fold. Take it away from him. Steal it. Say this is ours now. But you can have a contract. Give the man what he deserves. He needs to make enough money for a chin implant surgery. Yeah, he needs that, all right. If Alexa got new <laughs> titties, James Ellsworth can get a new chin. How about that? Have you heard the rumors that Alexa Bliss got a boob job? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I don't know if I buy it. Um, if she did, she's made miraculous recovery and, and got going really soon. Um, I've seen pictures. That's the problem, though, because didn't Eva Marie had a boob job and didn't tell WWE? And didn't they say she needed to be out for something like six months? Yeah. After I believe, the fact? I, I was thinking six weeks it was, but um, six months seems kind of long. I think it's six weeks. But nonetheless, okay. it's, it's a good amount of time. Well, six weeks is believable, I guess, if she did it right after Mania. And with things going on, she's not really lined up to have a match. Until Backlash, I think. Yeah. I've seen the pictures they've shown, and I, I don't know. I mean, I know women have so many tricks to to make their cleavage look more voluptuous, and especially when you're a celebrity who's taking pictures But it was stage. confirmed that she had minor cosmetic surgery, and I don't notice any other differences. So well, Was it confirmed? Who confirmed that? I didn't even yeah. know. Uh, I've read it on multiple sources. I'm sure Meltzer was one of them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she could have. I, I really hope she doesn't. I don't think... But she definitely didn't need it. She definitely did not no. need it. So, She's going to give herself back issues. I just... I really don't... I mean, it's a... It's a shitty world that we live in in this day and age where still somebody who's as gorgeous as Alexa Bliss and has... I mean, she has curves. She has one of the best asses in the business. Can't you... Can't you just be happy with that? Uh, why... Like, I don't know if she's pushing herself, if she's getting pressure from the corporation or, or what's going on, where it's coming from. But, you know, it's kind of like, a, I don't, 
Man, it's been years since you and I have talked, Pacey. I don't know if you and I were talking about the the makeup deal with like Ronda Rousey and Paige oh, yeah. and how they're yeah how they're just they're, these women are looking so horrible on WWE TV with their makeup, but then you see them doing interviews outside of WWE and their makeup looks nice and good and and doesn't look like that. So you have to assume it's WWE making them look this way. So I I don't know if they're putting pressure on her or what, but she definitely didn't need it. If she did it for her own, just for herself, like her own sense of self, and she that's what she wanted, I support her 100%. If she felt she needed to do it to stay relevant on the roster, I feel disgusted with us as a people. Yeah. No, I, I agree fully. And I think it'll be hard to tell um, until she's actually back in the ring again. Until you see her come out in her ring attire. It's going to be hard to tell until then maybe come you'll be able out. To tell you. Once those nudes come out, then, then we'll know. We'll get to Look see the for scar. the scars, yeah. folks. <laughs> mm, yeah, so we brought that up. We've been through the good. We're entering the bad, and we'll get to the ugly. Talk about uh, talk about women who had breast surgery just for their career. Actually, she right. had breast surgery to make her feel better from, from our understanding. I don't know. Sorry. I don't mean to. I don't mean to step on you. I'll, I'll let you do the news. I'll shut up. <laughs> if you, if you want to take this one, I'll let you take this one. I don't care. On the two-year anniversary of the passing of former WWE superstar China, the wrestler's ex-manager Anthony Anzaldo, which I love that name, set up a. It's a great name. He sounds like he should be on a Telemundo, right? Like like a, like an evil. I, I hope he rich. goes. I hope he goes by the name Antonio. Antonio Azaldo. It's Mr. Anzaldo to you. Your woman just calls me the Big Anz. Um, this man, the Big Anz, set up a GoFundMe account to raise money and attempt to land her a final resting place, her being Joni Lar or uh, China. In a Hollywood Forever Cemetery, with the goal amount coming in at a meager 25000 I don't think I can get buried around here for 25000 That's a pretty decent price. In an attempt to get fans to donate, the big Ons stated the following. He said, I have had the honor of sharing my home with China's urn. Oh, the- use the accent. <laughs> I have had the honor of sharing my home with China's urn for the past dos years. Friday, April 20th, is the dos year anniversary of her passing. Adios mio. However, I think the time has come for all of her fans to be able to come and visit her. I would like to place her urn and lay her to rest in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. In Hollywood, California. I really think she would love it there. There are several celebrities buried there, and placing her right next to Judy Garland would make China happy, I'm sure. She loved the Wizard of Oz. To be clear, half of China's ashes were laid to rest three miles due west in the Pacific Ocean, off of Esplananda Avenue A in Rodando Beach. Quarter was given to her mother, and in this urn, the final 
quarter of China's ashes. I am raising only the money to buy the plot and get the chapel for Uno Hour Memorial. I would like to have this take place as soon as possible, within the next 45, 60 days. All donations, any amount, graciously accepted. This burial spot will be for the fans, by the fans, so says the great Hans. Ole! <laughs> That's definitely going in the clip show next year. <laughs> uh, China's mother, though, Jen LaQuay, commented on the big ons. And Jean LaQuay, I must have to do in a French accent. Onzoldo had no legal right. I don't know how to do that. Now I'm getting Spanish in there. I, I can't do that. I, I'm, I'm stuck in Anzaldo, so um, we'll just do it. We'll just do it in French style. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right? oh, oh. had no legal right <laughs> to be in possession of her daughter's remains. She stated he was allowed to keep three quarters of the remains, but so long that all three quarters would be spread in the Pacific Ocean. The two of them got in a heated altercation on the internet after LaCue pleaded with fans not to support the GoFundMe, claiming that what Anzaldo was doing was nothing more than a money-grubbing scam. The dastardly bastard. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this one, man. It seems all good until he see, says he, he wants it. Within the next 45 to 60 days. Yeah. To me, that sounds like he's trying to evade eviction. <laughs> if he's had her remains for two years, what's what's the hurry? Right. It's like, I mean, what, do they only got one spot open in the cemetery? I mean, shit, if the cemetery is anything like Raw under Kurt Angle, he can have one spot open one week and then bring in 17 people the next week. So, come on. <laughs> 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 and who buries ashes you know what i mean either you're buried or you get cremated no actually there's a thing and i don't think they bury the ashes maybe some do but i know people do which makes no sense to me because to me uh, cremation is more of a money-saving thing and a and a and a, yeah um, and an environmental thing by not taking up the earth but people will buy a plot even if they got cremated and have an urn just so they have a physical monument to the person which I guess the urn isn't a... I guess if you have it in your home, you don't want family members coming through on a Sunday afternoon like they would through a cemetery to pay the respects. So I I don't personally see it, but I do understand why they do it. But, um, yeah, this just seems... It seems odd, and I guess... See, I, I don't know the guy. I don't know how close there were the relationship they had. If he was super close to China, I mean... He he's he was maybe closer to China than her mother was to her. I don't know. You know, maybe Joni and him were, were super BFFs. Maybe they were lovers. I don't know. And uh, maybe Joni wasn't. Uh, <coughs> From what I had read, and I apologize because I didn't include her mother's entire tirade, but her mother had claimed that shortly before China's passing, she China had fired Enzaldo. Okay. Because he was trying to take all of her money or whatever. So see, if and that's they true, just they weren't getting along. If that's true, then I would then I would go towards jo- uh, Joni's mother. 
I mean, the, the biggest problem is we just, we don't know. We're, we're hearing the two sides right. of the stories, and we don't really have any facts to base it on other than two people arguing over social media instead of respecting this poor woman's memory and, you know, and, and person. Who cares? They're ashes. Fucking nobody gives a shit. Half of it is wood and dog ashes anyways. Yeah, I don't know. And with her saying that, that all the remains were supposed to be spread in the ocean and he just kept a quarter of them, to me, like, that is to get money somewhere down the line. If you were supposed to get rid of all the ashes, you're going to hold on to them. Either you're going to pull this kind of thing or you're going to turn around and sell them on the Internet. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, Highest bidder. Yep. I would. I would. Hell, you could even do a DNA test for it. You know, send the results of the DNA test with as a... As like a certificate of authenticity. I think now I for think... a moment, let us uh, take a small pause here and just picture the woman China sitting on her couch in her snuggie with her pink fuzzy bunny slippers, gushing over Judy Garland and the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> But you know, I don't know how much you ever did. You ever watch like um the the VH1 reality <laughs> Surreal Life or any of that stuff? Not particularly. Joni as a person was like a really super. Um, she was the way she was was a very feminine, very insecure, very sweet, childish type person. Um, and and you look need no further. You, you need not look no further. There we go. Then just the fact that Sean Waltman, one, two, three kid, X-Pac, lightning kid, whatever you want to call him, used to abuse her. And when you look at the two, there's no way, right. there's no way if she was, was a tough independent woman who would just punch him in the nose that he would ever be able to abuse her. But, um, so I actually could see it because Joni as a woman was very soft, was very insecure, was very... She, she, I think she overcompensated her femininity because she did not physically look very feminine. I don't know, but she, she was very, very, um, not the woman she portrayed in WWE. But I agree when you think of China and and you picture that it just doesn't go together. (laughs) Right. It's pretty amusing. Pretty amusing. And I just think it's a good mental image for everybody to have. It is. That's how I want to remember China. That, that's my <laughs> memory of China. It's not, not in China's back door or whatever. She's got a little Toto dog on her side, snuggling it tightly. Yep. Its eyes are popping out of its head. She's, she's just <laughs> sobbing. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Yeah, it's great. Uh <laughs> Oh, and it gets better, folks. Or worse. I don't know. Depending on what you're into. Former <laughs> former ECW wrestler and current IWA Mid-South promoter Ian Rotten has been accused of an unprovoked physical altercation by female wrestler Ronnie Redmond, a.k.a. Big Bang Nicole, <laughs> at a recent event. <laughs> With a name like that. <laughs> I, know, right? I mean... <laughs> 
things like this that make me think of the time that the rapper C murder was on trial for homicide. And it's just like, you know what? Even if it's not true, you kind of wrote this one yourself, motherfucker. Right. Right. Uh, Go ahead. The, the wrestler tweeted a statement on April 19th stating, I, Ronnie Nicole Redmond, was involved in an unprovoked physical altercation backstage at the IWA Mid-South Miss Independent Women's Show with IWA owner John Williams, a.k.a. Ian Rotten. At this time, I'm being advised of the full scope of my legal options. Therefore, a more detailed official statement will be released in the coming days. Furthermore, I am no longer in any way associated with IWA Mid-South, their subsidiaries, affiliates, John Williams, or any individuals directly linked to the organization. Rotten himself took to Facebook to state his side of the case. What happened Thursday night took place in front of a locker room full of women. The police investigated, the police came in, and talked to the girls in the locker room, some of which had met me for the first time that day. I was not arrested. Let me repeat this. I was not arrested. People can say anything they want about someone nowadays. This means it's true. Let me say this. I have heard from North Carolina promoters that say she is nothing but trouble and a bad attitude, and that is why she isn't used. I have heard from top girl promotions who tell me they have heard nothing but bad things about her. You are paid to do the job, and when you are told to do something you and you do not do it, you get fired. If you want to believe the things you hear about me, go right ahead, but I surely hope you are never on the wrong side of false allegations. Be smart enough to remember there are always two sides to every story. Man, it seems like we hear the same story on a weekly basis. Yep. Same, same, same verse or same, what's it say? Same song, second verse or something like that. I just screwed that saying up. But second you know, verse, same as the first. There you, there go. you go. Thank you. Second verse, same as the first. Yeah. Yeah, we hear this all the daygum time. Um, I will say that Ian Rotten has a couple things going for him. One, if it's true that it took place in front of a locker room, let alone a locker room full of women especially, but even just in front of a a crowd of, of witnesses, that's a plus on his side because we haven't seen, I haven't heard of anything else coming out from any wrestler saying he did anything. And the fact that the police responded to it and he was not arrested, um, gives him a little bit of validity. And here's the thing. Both parties are saying it was a a, a physical altercation, unprovoked physical altercation. The statement has come up multiple times. So don't think it's even molesty. It's, It's not rapey. It's probably not molesty. It could just be a shove. Like she didn't want to listen to his idea of what needed to happen in the ring that night or something along those lines. Yeah. The, the, the line that really sticks out to me is he says, you're paid to do a job. And when you are told to do something and you do not do it, you get fired. Now I'm trying to, you and I were just talking about how, when you read something written, you're not sure the context Part of my brain is trying to say, is he saying that she refused to do something and somehow this physical altercation um, is 
came from her not doing that, whether she or he started it? Or is he saying that he was told by somebody, you know, um, who works with him or is higher than him or whatever, that he was supposed to do this and he responded by doing this and he was just following orders? I'm not sure how I read it. How do you read that line, Pasty? That's the problem with the internet. Things can be taken multiple ways. And I think if you're going to go off on a tirade like this, it should be on video and not through text because it can be interpreted so many ways. Put your face out there. Let us see your emotions. Let us, you know, that way we can determine whether or not you're telling the truth and we can understand the context of what you're saying. I'm not sure. Yeah, what you're saying is true. I I, I think back of when... um. X-Pac got arrested at the airport for methamphetamine. Methamphetamine. I don't have that button on here anymore. But he went and did the loop of of a bunch of podcasts and interviews. And he did video interviews and he did audio and he looked, he just really looked sincere. He acted sincere. You felt like you wanted to believe him, like he was telling the truth. Lo and behold, when all was said and done, you found out, yep, he really did just have some um, some cream. For yeast infection yeah, yeast medication. Yeast infection cream or some shit. So I, I agree with you. When you actually go out there and put a video out or put audio out. How do you so mistake can... yeast infection cream for meth? You don't know how That's... people are, are taking shit nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I agree. I think it makes a huge difference. You can at least, like, even just a, a simple sentence like we're dissecting here could mean three or four different things. I just said two things it could mean. But at least if you hear him in the way he enunciates it, usually gives you context. Right. Oh, he could have told her, get down on your knees and suck my dick. Right. And she said no. He threw 20 so bucks at you're her. fired. Yeah, he threw 20 bucks at her. She didn't do the job. So he slapped her with his cock. The same way Corey's Matthews would like slap you with his cock. In front of a whole locker room of women, he would have been arrested in that case. You know what I mean? You would believe so. You know what I mean? But, so I, mean, I, I, I do, I... Depending on how good that like, dick is, maybe they're maybe they're backing him up, man. Maybe, maybe he's got that magic stick, you know. <laughs> I got the magic stick. <sighs> and yeah, you know this should definitely come to a head in the future, and we will update you all on our show whenever we uh, hear some more. It'll be interesting to see what comes of this allegation. It definitely will. Uh, also, Enzo Amore this week uh, posted a cryptic tweet saying it's been wild with his WWE shoes hanging from a telephone line. Feel like this is a good point to tie that in a little bit. Yeah. It's the first time he's spoken since he denied his rape allegations, and uh, things are still being investigated. I do know one thing. I'm getting sick of speaking on these topics, so I think it being brought up will become fewer and further between after this episode. Right. It, like like we said, it's uh, like you corrected me. Second verse, same as the first. It's How many times can you say the same thing? Just insert name right. here. Right. All right, Pasty, we got five minutes to knock down these last three tidbits. Okay. It seems the greatest Royal Rumble will be down a contender as Zack Ryder suffered yet another injury on a match in WWE's long-forgotten program main event. Seriously, I didn't think they were still doing that anymore. I honestly didn't either till I read this. 
In a match against Mike Bennett, Ryder tweeted that he and Bennett treated the match like they were wrestling on Raw. Unfortunately, he re-injured his knee. As you may recall, Ryder was out of action for almost six months last year due to a knee injury. And well, this time it's not clear whether the current injury is the same knee as last time or not. This does not look good. For somebody who's a low-to-mid-card superstar at best, you can't be getting injured like this. I wonder if when he got hurt, he went, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> I know we got kind of like Kind of like Shane McMahon backstage before the at the, the <laughs> Raw beatdown. Oh! <laughs> I know we got to zip through this, but I, I just have one thing that, that when I read this just popped in my mind. When he said that they... Him, Zack Ryder, and Michael Bennett treated it as if they're wrestling on Raw. Makes me think that since these guys never get on Raw, they just, like, role-play like two kids in a backyard <laughs> fort pretending, like, hey, we're going on Raw! Yippee! <laughs> we treated it like it was on Raw, even though we've never been on Raw for six months. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way you're getting on Raw, buddy. <laughs> And really, if he was supposed to be in the 50-man battle royal and now it's only a 49-man battle royal, Vince has every right in the world to fire his ass. <laughs> right? They've spent so much time building up this 50-man battle. It's not like they can insert a woman in there. Right. We kept you off TV for this reason and this reason alone, Ryder. Right? We knew you were going to get injured. You're injury prone. We wanted to keep you safe until you got to the goddamn Middle East. Then we were going to leave you there. Shipping. I could just see, I could just picture Vince McMahon like Garfield and he's throwing fucking Zack Ryder in a box like Nermal on the old Garfield fucking cartoon. Up, up, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. That's funny shit. And then he just fucking, and then he just boots Roman Reigns off the table for no reason. Poor Odie. <laughs> this week it was also confirmed that Rey Mysterio will be a part of the Greatest Royal Rumble this Friday on the WWE Network. Woohoo! Woo! Hopefully he makes his debut on the shows soon, maybe. Let's hope he maybe. doesn't get injured before this, because remember he was supposed to be on the New Japan show, right? taking on uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, and then he got injured. So stay away from Zack Ryder, Ray. Well, I don't think he'll have any problems seeing as Zack Ryder was headed home while everybody else was headed overseas. Right. In more Greatest Royal Rumble news, while the WWE women will not be in attendance at the aforementioned Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia, former WWE announcer Jerry Jerry Lawler is making it sound like they are getting paid well regardless. Lawler featured Jim Cornette on his latest episode of his podcast, Dinner with the King. Cornette suggested that WWE will give a heck of a payoff to all the women sitting at home in the United States due to the massive multi-million dollar payment that WWE is rumored to receive from the Saudi General Sports Authority, in which the King replied, I think that's exactly what's happening. Now, shortly after this... The producer of the podcast had kind of cut them off a little bit, and they ended up cutting out over 30 minutes of discussion about the Greatest Royal Rumble. So, 
I think yeah. it's pretty credible here. Could be. Um, one thing is neither Jim Cornette or Jerry Lawler have any workings in the business or, or front stage of, or front offices, I should say, of WWE. So really no, neither one of them know. And, and JR, good old JR, are set to commentate the entire event. That is I think maybe he might know some of the inside information. Uh, unless he's sitting around, like, specifically talking to the girls and they've already got a check. You know There's how really much no way cares he cares about the puppies and kitties. That is true. That is true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, what? when you were reading that, for the first time in my life, I realized what a bitch it would be to be named Jerry Lawler and be drunk and a cop pulls you over. And he's like, <laughs> what's your name? That name is so easy to slur. It's Jerry Lawler. <laughs> What was that? Jerry <laughs> Lawler. <laughs> like my, well, I, I won't say, everybody knows my legal name anyway. So my, my legal name is Bubba. And it's like, if I'm drunk as shit, I can just slowly and easily just say, you know, what's your name? Bubba. Bubba. It's like, I can get that out. <laughs> but Jerry Lawler. <laughs> That's great. Um, and folks, we are going to get into Greatest Royal Rumble predictions, but don't worry, after that we will have some more insight into a lot of the uh, discussion and um, and um, controversy going into this Rumble. Probably the most controversial Rumble, maybe ever. Maybe. Alright, so, to break it down... <clears throat> How many matches is on here? There was a shit ton, wasn't there? One, two, three, four. Quite five, a few. Six, this seven, pay-per-view three, is slated to be six nine. hours with an hour-long pre-show, well, so mind. it's going to be on the level. It's ten. ten it's going to be on the level of a Mania or a SummerSlam. But you have to assume less the than Rumble, a month after Mania. The Rumble itself, you're going to have to assume is going to be about two hours. Fifty men. I'm assuming they're doing ninety minutes. Um, I would almost hope they did. Or sorry, ninety seconds. I'm sorry, between contestants. I would hope they did. They 60 should do ninety seconds. minutes between contestants. <laughs> that would really make a long one. <laughs> I would say sixty seconds between contestants, but I don't know. Then if everybody's just going to get lost, then you almost don't do intros, and I I don't know. But <clears throat> you almost have to assume with fifty men, even just waiting for everybody to get in, <clears throat> is going to be an hour and a half. Well yeah. over an hour, just getting everybody in. So. Yeah, that'll take up the good chunk of it. Ten matches total. Uh, we'll start out with the ones people give the shit the least about and move on up. We got one that's been changed seven times. That'll be interesting. Uh, first match we got here is the Cruiserweight Championship. Cedric Alexander <clears throat> versus Kalisto. <clears throat> is it? Um, am I am I the only one who's just kind of going to point out the elephant in the room that Mustafa Ali is not on here? I mean, you would think, being that it's the Middle East, um, they would throw him on here. Although, there's a good chance he's going to be in the Rumble. They got 50 people to throw in there, but right, you think that you would highlight a Middle Easterner like that, you know? And he's been doing amazing work, so it's not like, why not? <clears throat> I got a damn frog in my throat. So, Cruiserweight Championship, Cedric Alexander coming in as champion. Kalisto is who he's defending his title against. Um, you know, again, without really watching 205 Live, I'm just, just throwing throwing something out here, and I'm going with old Seti Alexander. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't think they should put the title on Kalisto now when they're trying to build up their product. I mean, he's good, but he's not great. And they've been building Cedric for months now. Yes, they have. It would be weird to derail him for Kalisto. I do feel bad, though, because I think going forward, <clears throat> I've got very few... Oh, no, never mind. It's about 50-50. I'll shut up. Uh, next. Kalisa will do some good Lucha things, though, in this match. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you folks don't know what we're talking about, just just look it up. Just look up good Lucha things, Kalisto. You'll thank <laughs> us later. Um, Next is the Raw Tag Team Championships, and you know it's sad when I literally had to go to Wikipedia because I was like, Pasty didn't write in who's coming in as champion. And then it was, I went to www.com and it said it was vacant. And I was like, why the fuck is it vacant? And I went on to Wikipedia and I was like, oh yeah, Braun Strowman and fucking Alex Keaton. Okay. <laughs> Alex Keaton. <laughs> I fucking remember the bastard's name. Nicholas. Oh yeah. John, referee John Cohen's son. I know that, but. Yeah, Nicholas, that's right. <laughs> Alex Keaton. John Cohen cool. Bring John bring Alex Keaton out there from fucking Who's the Boss? Wasn't that No, 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 that was a uh, family Growing Pains. No, fuck, which one was Growing he in? Growing Pains. What? All, all of them. He was he was in all of them. And now he's yeah. God, I don't remember which one that was in that he was in. <laughs> one of them that's all the same. Oh, we're getting off subject here. Yeah, I I'm going with um the Broken Woken Connection is what I'm going with here. Matt Hardy, Woken Wyatt. And um, I'm not, I'm not going to add it to our predictions, but I, I am just going to throw this out here. I expect, if not here soon, the Ascension are going to join the Woken universe. I've got nothing that tells me that other than they're, they're all on the same brand, but I don't know what you do with the Ascension, and I think they would just work so perfect They've got the badass kind of evil look and, and 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 style, but then they've done the comedy shit with the fashion police that I just think I think WWE's missing out on an opportunity if they don't try it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, Bray had tweeted out to uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel that they want to re re incarnate them and oh. and bring them. Into the Woken fold. That would be awesome. And they've been trying really hard this week. They, they tried to join uh, Seth Rollins and be his entourage. They said that they could be the next shield. They put <laughs> out their fists. Then they went to Finn Balor, and they're like, oh, we could be the new Balor Club. I, I heard they're and, still using the... And uh... they tried to two-sweet him. They tried to two-sweet him, and he, like, pushed their hands down and said, that's better. <laughs> I heard they're still coming out to Mrs. Muget music mu mucus. They're coming out to Mrs. Mucus. He's, just, he's been very phlegmy lately. He just coughed up on him. They're still coming out to Mrs. Mucus as of now. Yes. Okay. I'm hoping they keep that until they find somewhere to go or something, someone to join, and then just take their music again. Just. Just shadows, just fucking shadow warriors. It would be really cool. It would be really cool for them to join the Woken War, the ranks of the Woken Warriors. I think it would be awesome. And I then Bray, Bray and Bo could finally be a team together. Yeah, and then they, those two can, you know, when the inevitable split happens, Bo and and Wyatt could split from Hardy, 
And you could keep, if you want, you could keep Curtis Axel with Matt. You could bring Jeff over from SmackDown, you know, or, or whatever you want to do. Maybe King Maxel shows up. It'd be great. They could re- reincarnate, and it could be Bo Dallas from the NXT days with the Bo Leave. It could be. Uh, let me see here. Who do you got? Hang on. I'm not done yet. You talk about who you got. I, I, I said I've got the, the Woken Broken Connection. I've fucking already spoken. Well, I've, I've spoken right of the Broken with... Woken. <laughs> I'm right there with you. All right. Something Wyatt this way comes, folks. Next, we got the SDL Tag Team Championships. Yes, folks. The SmackDown Live. I hope they get rid of live whenever they switch companies or whatever. I get it, you're live, and I know they want to promote it when it was new, but it gets old now. Um, we got the old... Yeah, blood. oh yeah. Now it's not back to what I was trying to talk about, and that's Bo Dallas could come back as Bo Dallas from NXT with his inspirational Bo Leaves speeches, yeah. and Curtis Axel could be reincarnated as his nexus form, Michael McGillicuddy. Michael McGillicuddy. That would be a step backwards for him and a step forwards for Bo. What if they reincarnated him and they and they were li- they literally were reincarnated, and so you've got IRS and Mister Perfect. So like Bo Dallas came down in the suit and the red suspenders and the glasses, and Curtis Axel came down in the blue and black singlet and would spit the gum and smack it with the white towel that he chucked over the back, you know? Yeah, they could re- literally reincarnate him. That would be that would be awesome. I mean, Michael Rotunda's still alive. Wonderful. <laughs> would be. SDLTTC. Um, we got the Bludgeon Brothers coming in as champions, defending the titles against the former champions, the Oos! Oos! Um, on this one, you know, you they've built them up as just badass behemoths. So, why would you take the titles away this soon? Especially you know, against, even though a, a very competent team as the Usos with a pedigree behind them, they're still a much smaller team. I, to me, I, I say I'm, I'm keeping the titles on the old Super bro- Bludgeon Brothers world. I like the Bludgeon Brothers, and I like them as champions. But this week on Raw, Jey Uso was going up against uh, Eric Rowan in a one-on-one match. And last week, Naomi came down and, like, defended him against the tech. It was all a da 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 well, yeah, she was out there twe- and, tweaking or twerking or whatever, right? Yeah, she was out there twerking this week uh, to distract, to let the Uso take the win. So I kind of think maybe the Usos do win with a distraction from Naomi again. But this leads to the Bludgeon Brothers kidnapping Naomi. <laughs> and eventually getting the titles back. I like the kidnapping subplot. I think you could do it yeah, without them losing Yeah, we haven't done that in a too. long time. I think you could well, do yeah. it without losing it. And I kind of, when I heard that that um, <clears throat> he beat Rowan, but it was with a distraction, to me that made me think more that they are going to keep the title still because 
to me, that gives the Usos a win to keep them strong before they lose on there. But it keeps the Bludgeon Brothers strong because, A, they didn't lose a tag match. They lost the singles. And, B, it was due to a distraction. It wasn't... It wasn't a legitimate win, even though it wasn't a technically cheating win. You know what I mean? There were shenanigans involved. So, but I, I see what you're saying. And either way, I never thought about that, but I like the whole kidnapping angle. First thing I thought is do not bring Naomi into the Uso fold. <laughs> I don't think they need her. And uh, maybe she needs them, but I, I don't think it helps the Usos at all. That's my first thought. But if it sells, you know, total divas or whatever, I guess. Do you sell divas? I sell total divas. Not 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 partial divas though. I got in trouble for doing that. Got in trouble for selling the partial divas. <clears throat> so who do you got? Between the old bloodjos and the Uzos. You got the Uzos? I got the Usos. Uh, I was going to say Bludgeon Brothers, but the more I think about the storyline, the more I like the idea of them winning. And that's what sets off the Bludgeon Brothers into this kidnapping spree in vain of The Undertaker. And maybe they team up with The Undertaker. Or maybe they have a feud with The Undertaker and Kane down the line. And it's the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Brothers of Destruction. Or they team together as the Bludgeon Brothers of Destruction. <laughs> Get a whole new ministry going. They would fit right in in a ministry. Yeah, they would. Um, Either let's, way, let's get this kidnapping storyline underway, man. Yeah, let's, that's all get, I... let's get that going. That's what we want. That's what we're all here for. Um, the U.S. Championship title, Jethro Hardy versus Jinthro Mahal. Um, you know, to me, the money says Jinder wins it. They're in the Middle East. They're around his nation. He's, he's a brown hero. Why wouldn't you? Part of me says Jeff just got the title. It doesn't make sense to take it off of him. And another part of me says every now and then, <clears throat> similar to what happened at WrestleMania with the Undertaker and Brock, and similar to what happened at WrestleMania with Brock and Roman, Vince looks at something and says, you know what? Everybody knows we're going to do this. So let's do the other thing just to piss them off. The thing is, and we were talking about this before the show on a different match. And so maybe this could happen. But Jinder Mahal just went to Raw and lost the title to Jeff Hardy, who went to SmackDown. Right. So unless the other thing happens, I feel like Jeff probably has to win this one. So I'm, I'm going to change my... Shit. But what happens if, if my pick wins and then Jinder wins this and they get a trade off? Like they just swapped them like a revolving door. That'd be cool too. Then each, I wouldn't each be brand would still have their title, right? Right. That's God, that's interesting too now. That throws a whole new layer on this jelly and peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> now we got mayonnaise on this shit. That's weird. <laughs> Could have went with bananas. Do you prefer marmalade? Um, so you're you're going you're going with Jeff now, right? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Up next, we have a casket match: The Undertaker versus whoever the fuck they decide to put him in. Now, it's kind of 
kind of a good thing. Well, one very small reason that it could have been a good thing that we didn't have a show last week is that we would have informed you that the Undertaker-Rusev casket match was changed to Undertaker versus Jericho, which would be false <laughs> because it was changed back to Undertaker-Rusev. They never gave a reason for any of the switches. Rumors run rampant online, but I don't believe what... Allegedly, the thing is, when Rusev was asked about the match on TMZ, he said he's going to bury the old man and he's past his prime or something like that. And then allegedly that pissed off The Undertaker, and allegedly The Undertaker had him pulled, and they put uh, Jericho in as a replacement. Then apparently Rusev said, no, I didn't mean nothing bad by it, and I apologize, and so they put him back in. I can't see them making that big of a change on this big of a match just willy-nilly off little things like that. Honestly, and I think with how short the match was at WrestleMania between him and John Cena, Undertaker's still coming back from his knee surgery or hip surgery, whatever it was. Hip surgery, yep. Hip surgery. And uh, for him and Jericho to have a match and it only be three minutes long, that wouldn't go well. That's not what anybody wants to see. They want to see a good match between the two. And so maybe they thought for a minute about making it happen. And then went, thought about what I just said, and then and then was like, okay, we'll put Rusev back because Rusev can lose to him quick. But then, but then you're leaving out a big gaping hole, and I like a big gaping hole. Don't get me wrong. But um, why would they have switched it to Jericho in the first place? What's their reasoning for saying we want to get rid of Russo and put Jericho in? Well, Lana had a tweet too, where she did said something about how she did not want her husband to be in a match with the undertaker. She didn't want to see him put in a casket, blah, blah, blah. And that's when it changed. There was some like Twitter back and forth between her and Michelle McCool. Well, Michelle McCool went on Twitter (laughs) and said that everything that was going on was kayfabe and that she had nothing against it. Now, Mm -hmm. whether, whether that was her being political or not and just trying to save face. But I mean, as far as if you look at Michelle McCool's account, her and Taker never had any issue with what Rusev said. And I, I don't know why you would. I think you would want your heel to go out there and badmouth the face, no matter who it is. Right. He's not yep. the first person to talk about Undertaker being past his prime and old. Everybody who's been against the Undertaker in the last five years has used that argument. So I, it's just really weird. And just the fact that they that's the thing with this being with this being a glorified house show that they just decided to put on the WWE network. There's no storyline going into anything and nothing really matters. And that's where I feel like they have the the ability to play with things more like that. The first thing it would be a dream match and it would draw a hell of a lot of heads to have him versus Jericho. But if Jericho is going to be there anyway and could compete in a in a more extended capacity. Why wouldn't you have Jericho just be in the Royal Rumble and last an hour or better? Yeah, to to be honest, I don't want to see Jericho (laughs) in a casket match. When I think casket matches, Jericho ain't the first name that comes to mind. Um, No, it only makes sense. The first thing I thought of when he was taken away so quickly, before I had even heard all the bullshit about TMZ, because I don't watch TMZ, First thing I thought of was visa issues, that maybe Rusev had a visa issue or a, um, <clears throat> an issue with his um, passport. 
And I still think that could very well be the reason. Maybe they weren't sure about his passport and it looked like he wasn't going to be able to travel. And then they got it worked out. Now, again, why you would immediately announce that it was changing and why you wouldn't wait until, like, the last minute and just be like, oh, shit, sorry, due to visa problems, it's going to be Jericho. That still doesn't make sense with my argument either. Nothing really makes sense. And any way you logically look at it, nothing complete, like, all of the actions that took place don't match up with any one theory in my mind. Weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. Although, going into this, I'm definitely looking forward to Taker opening the casket, getting ready to shove Rusev in it, but when he opens in the English. casket, it yep, pokes him right in the eye. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, I just want to see Aiden English just sit up and start singing, and Taker just literally choke slams him out of it and then throws Rusev in anyways. Like, it didn't affect it at all. He just made his cameo. <laughs> that would be really good. Um, I'm going with uh, The Undertaker on this one. Loke. Same Z's. They yeah. If they're going to have him on a, on a reoccurring appearance thing, they got to build it up strong, right? He can't yeah. beat John Cena in three minutes and then lose to Rusev. No, that just wouldn't make any sense. Speaking of John Cena in three minutes... John Cena versus Triple H. Again, no reason for it other than they're the two golden boys and they'll have a good match. Um, I'm going with Triple H, but I'm almost I'm almost thinking, especially depending on how long this rumble is and what they expect to do for time-wise, I could almost see this being another squash. Like Triple H just demolishing him in another like three minutes. And really losing so. Cena's ego. I definitely think so. You're going trip also? Of course. Uh, looking Look at Triple H's record at WrestleMania the last handful of years. He's lost almost every match he's been in. He's got to get some credibility back. John Cena is admittedly a part-timer. Why wouldn't Triple H win? Yeah, his ego needs to be stroked. He doesn't mm-hmm. like to lose. He's not going to lose, especially on a big show. And Stephanie's arms injured, so she can't stroke it for him. (laughs) Next, we have the Intercontinental Championship ladder match of the world. Champion Seth Rollins defending his title against The Miz and against Finn Balor and against Samoa Joe. And as Pasty just said, this should be, this might be the match of the night. This is definitely going to be a good one. Um, This is another one. It sounds cliche when we say it, but the winners are the fans in this one. I think that's the theme for every ladder match we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> right? A lot of times it is. A lot of times it is. And here you have another polarizing, uh, you know, the, the IC championship is on Raw. Seth and Finn are on Raw, but the Miz and Samoa Joe just got traded to SmackDown. So if Jinder wins, Miz or Samoa Joe has to win here. If Jeff Hardy wins, Seth Rollins or Finn Balor have to win here. In theory, but everything's so fluid right now and they haven't written any rules in stone at all about anything that you still could see it going almost any way. Because WWE's been super vague about any of these rules lately, right? Right. I mean, just the fact that, for shit's sake... Uh, Kurt Angle 
uh, recruited or, or, or traded or, or drafted Jinder Mahal as the U.S. champion, but then made a match for him to defend it against somebody who he traded to fucking SmackDown. What the fuck was that about, Kurt? Why would you do that in the first place? <laughs> Dumbass. Continuity, sir. Um, Continuity. I know. <laughs> this one, yeah, it could go anyway. It's going to be great. I'm going to put my money on the big, mean Samoan, the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joa. See, and, and I like that. I like that a lot. And also, at Backlash, Samoa Joe is set to have a one-on-one with Finn Balor. So if he did win it and go back to Raw, that would make sense for the pay-per-view that's coming up. Right. But as it is, with each show needing one mid-card championship, I'm going to go with Finn Balor. See, and I feel like I feel like the least likely is probably Samoa Joe. I almost feel the most likely is Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, and neither one of us are picking him, so that's kind of cool. I like that because I think he's like when you put the easy money on it, is Seth keeps it. But I don't think Seth needs it. I'm I'm glad he has it. I'll be okay. I'll right. be fine if he. I'll be fine with any of these four winning it. Just to be honest. Honestly, in my head, I see Finn goes up. He could win it. He just knocked over a ladder with Samoa Joe on it, and Joe's down. He decides to coup de gras Joe from the top, and then Seth climbs up and gets it. I think that is logically the way this match goes. Yeah, and I'd be okay with that finish. I actually really like that finish. Their finish is going to be nowhere near that good, pasty. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, Finn's going to do the coup de gras off the top of the ladder. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, he will. I don't think it'll be the finish. Uh, we need to move on. WWE Championship match. AJ Styles comes in defending against the lower blower Shinsuke Nakamura, who does not speak English. He speaks good Spanish, though. Si, senor. Not as good as the big Anzul, but, you know, <laughs> the great Anzul. What the fuck was his name? I can't even remember. I'm saying Anzul. Was that his name? <laughs> I'm just making up names now. Anzaldo. Anzal. Yeah, that's what I called him. The great Anzal. There we go. Anzal. I think it was just the great Anz. Oh, yeah, the great Anz. Yeah, that's actually better. I'm going to get that tattooed on me. <laughs> the great Anz. And where'd you come up with that tattoo? Fucking, you got to sit down and listen to this one. <laughs> and then I'll just play him the fucking audio. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, was that <laughs> make them listen to every episode trying to move things along uh, i'm gonna go out on a limb here it's a shaky limb but i'm gonna say the heel takes it over in the middle east and aj styles goes down and they continue to feud aj and nakamura but with uh aj chasing old nakamura oh yeah well aj has been champion for a long time and Shinsuke could do so much more with the championship right now than AJ can going forward. I think so, so I'm right there with you. Heel Shinsuke wins, and you can't sing along with his theme song anymore. And I think they weren't. I think Vince McMahon especially wasn't completely sold on Shinsuke, even though he kept him in the one-on-one match at WrestleMania. But I think once they turned him heel, if Vince isn't behind him now, Vince is just wearing blinders because 
I think he's proven that he can carry this company, this title. Yeah, definitely. And he's getting over so well as a heel just with nut shots on a weekly basis. Everywhere I look on the internet, people hate him for how all over AJ Styles nuts he is. And he's way he's more very... over now than he was as a face. Oh yeah. He's more he's more of the new Japan Shinsuke Nakamura than he's been since NXT. What we've been seeing is a very laid back, very restrained Nakamura. And now he's letting loose. I love it. Uh, The main attraction, the universal cage for the steel championship match. How do you like that? I love it. Broxon Lesnar versus the original Samoa Joe Reigns. Um, I I mentioned to you, Pasty, before we started this. He's very Broxon. What's that? He is very broxum. He is very broxum. Before we went on the air, I, I I was of two minds of this. One mind says that Vince McMahon was smart enough to know that the WrestleMania crowd was going to shit all over Roman winning, and everybody thought Roman was going to win at WrestleMania, that he made the call, allegedly, like a couple days before, again, how much can you believe that shit, that Roman was not going to win and Lesnar would go over with the idea that if with they that went theory. overseas, hold on, with the idea that if they went overseas where they don't get many live shows or in this case ever had a live WWE show and the fans are more in tune to just cheer the heroes and boo the villains, <clears throat> that if he had Roman Reigns win over in Saudi Arabia, that there would at least be a big ovation for Roman Reigns. Go ahead now. I see that, but with that theory, don't you think Vince understands that they eventually have to go back to America? That's the argument. (laughs) But have you met Vince? (laughs) He can sometimes be a a one-day-at-a-time person, you know? Yeah. I don't know, but I'm going to go with what the the (laughs) smart money says. Um, My alternate theory here is that Vince keeps having Roman lose to Brock Lesnar to get fans here in America behind Brock or to get fans behind Roman Reigns because we just want it to get done with already. Like just, just let it be over. Right. Let him win it. Roman Reigns. Well, people are already saying that people are already saying, I don't really want Roman as universal champion, but I want this whole Brock thing to be over. Just give it to Roman. Give us our five, seven months of Roman and then put it on Samoa Joe or somebody that we're going to enjoy. I, and why not? I think we're going to have over a year of Roman. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. I'm going to say unless something changes, we don't. I think it'll be not a brief run, not a one, two month run, but I I would say somewhere between four to seven months at tops. He won't lose it, he won't lose it before WrestleMania. That's my thoughts. Okay. 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 If he, if he doesn't uh, lose it... it. If he does hold it until WrestleMania, I really want it to be Seth and Roman, but that's just me. Anything can happen between now and then. And on to the maddest rumble ever. Or, I mean, the greatest rumble ever. You know, to me, the more people you add, the more watered down it is, and it's no longer the greatest. It's just biggest. It's just biggest. Uh, We got... We don't... Do we even have any lists of anybody who's in it? 
other than everybody Actually, who's not on give here? Give me just one second, and I'll uh, list off who is announced so far. So you talk a little bit. Well, I'm going to say, I would, you know what? If you're going to look it up, <clears throat> let's get into our greatest Royal Rumble discussion right now <clears throat> and talk about the whole controversy controversy of right, the WWE controversy. going over here to Saudi Arabia <laughs> in a land where, by law, women are not allowed to perform. And now one can say... There's a lot of ways to look at this, and we don't even have time to go over it all today. Whether we bring it up again. The biggest um, criticism isn't even so much that they're doing it, but that they put on this whole... They're really sucking their own dick and patting their own back at the same time, which is difficult to do. I know because I've tried. On this whole women's revolution, women's evolution, putting women first, the first time a woman main evented, the first woman's this match, the first woman. They're doing so much to talk, to promote women so hard, and then they're going to allow themselves to go over to a land where they won't even let the women compete. And they're taking a big check from them from all... I mean, nobody knows exactly what it is, but sources are telling us it's a huge amount of money. Um, Saudi Arabia is one of the richest uh, nations in the world, if not the richest. I didn't look it up, but they're way up there. Um, if you look at it as strictly just a business, if you're looking just on paper and you're looking at the green, the black, and the red columns, <clears throat> it's a no-brainer. Go over here, have this. Um, from what I understand, I think it was a like a 10 thing or a year-long thing it's it's not just one it's not a one-off excuse me but they have multiple shows coming to this area it's a big deal that they signed and from a business aspect aspect strictly black and white on paper i say yes do it go for it that's your job is to make money at the same time i don't feel you're allowed then to go on tv and talk about how pro woman you are and how much you care about women and how much women are just as equals when you're allowing yourself to be bought off by a nation that doesn't allow it. This isn't me saying their beliefs are wrong. They can have their own beliefs, but WWE has firmly stated their beliefs. And if WWE isn't lying to us, their beliefs do not coincide with Saudi Arabia's beliefs. Pacey, you got anything to add to this? Are you still looking stuff up, or you do you give a shit? I I, I do give a shit, but you know, different parts of the world are going to operate differently, and I, I understand like they've pushed women to this point. Uh, maybe sometime in the near future, they're going to host a all women's house show event on the on the network somewhere in the world where men aren't allowed. They did. It was called the May Young Classic. Already done. Next. <laughs> Come on. That's that's a pathetic cop-out, Pasty. So, here's something that I talked about with a friend of mine. What if... And don't you me, cannot have friends besides me. I didn't say lover! Um, now, I, I know politics have changed in the last few years in this area, but let's take a trip back and let's say if today... WWE decided they were going to hold a huge event down in South Africa 
And due to politics down there, South Africa said, okay, but the New Day is not allowed on there. Titus Worldwide is not allowed. Our truth is not allowed. No African Americans are allowed to wrestle. Would we care then? Would there be a big fuss? Would there be an uproar? Would WWE even consider that? The answer is if no. If the money Casey. was there, I, if the I, money I don't was think there, so. I don't think they would. And I guess me, I don't see the difference because that's there. That was. It's not now, okay, folks. So, so please don't send your hate mail to me. I know that South America has, or South Africa, I'm sorry, has changed. But back in the day, that was very prevalent. That was in the early '90s that blacks were still not considered a full civilian, full citizen. So that isn't out of the the realm of reality. So to me, it's just like, and again, if this was Attitude Era WWE, go for it. Attitude Era WWE was doing racist humor, sexist humor, vulgar humor, everything in the world. They were they were having sex with corpses and giving birth to hands. Women were having mud wrestling matches, and DX was spray painting racist shit on the Nation of Domination's walls while there was an Aryan biker group that was fighting them. So, yes. At that point, I would say go for it, because their message was that we're just showing you the way the world is, as ugly and as blemished as it is. But right now, their mission statement seems to be that that is not how they feel. So, the one argument I can say for it on that end is if WWE for some reason feels like they can get more attention on their product and the Saudi people will see their product from America, which has women performing and shows women doing the same things men do, that they can help make a change over there. But that's really patting themselves on the back hard there. Right. Not saying, I mean... WWE is going to change the world. You know it. I mean, uh, where were they? Where were they recently where they just had the first women's wrestling match? In that country. Oh, that was, wasn't that in India? Yeah. That was in India. Was it Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi! We can, we can go fucking uh, find... Uh, <laughs> it's Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Abu Dhabi. And I mean, there was chance of this is hope. So, you know. And I mean, AJ Styles is pretty feminine looking with his hair. Oh, thank you for saying that, because that was another (laughs) argument I wanted to bring up. It'll be interesting to see if Finn Balor wears his uh, Balor Club is for Everyone shirt, because they are... Oh, he's already not wearing that. He already has a brand new t-shirt on this week's Raw. I'm still going to say they're selling out if he doesn't wear it there in in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Because they have a law against homosexuality. So if he doesn't wear it there, he's selling out. I'm saying it now. I don't give a shit! Even if he stopped wearing it a month ago. <laughs> but that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. All right. I went way past our time, and that's my fault, Pasty. But um, go that's ahead. Okay. Tell, us, tell us some names on the Rumble, my man. WWE has announced that Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio Jr., Shane McMahon, Kurt Angle, The Great Khali, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Kane, The New Day, Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, Shelton Benjamin, Sin Cara, Elias, Chad Gable, Goldust, Tito, Titus O'Neil, Mojo Rawley, 
and Dolph Ziggler will compete in the match. I ain't going to lie. I didn't catch everybody. But my I'll pick, do it again. No, Daniel no, Bryan. Chris <laughs> Jericho. Okay, okay. Wow, okay. I missed the first person then because my pick is <laughs> Daniel Bryan. I think they fucked up twice by not having him win the Royal Rumble. So I feel like we we deserve a fucking Daniel Bryan Rumble win. And as far as I know, Pasty, they've never set a reward for this, right? It's obviously right. not a WrestleMania uh, main event. I guess it would be a SummerSlam main event. It, that would be awesome if it was. Um, so without even so, the fact that they can make it anything they want to fit their storylines, anybody can win. I'm going with old DB. They're giving us a a happy ending. Winner if you will. be the new general manager of SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> DB wins it. <laughs> oh, pasty. I'd love that. That would be good. <laughs> Who do you got? Uh, Braun Strowman. Braun! Maybe, maybe the great Collie, but Braun Strowman. He could do the Mick Foley thing, and he could come in as Braun Strowman, get eliminated, then come in as Brain Strowman, get eliminated, fucking come in as somebody else. Who knows? Nicholas. Nicholas. Come he in comes Nicholas. in. Up at Nicholas. He comes in with a tiny little shirt on that's super tight <laughs> with a school book. It's Nicholas. <laughs> that's one way to pad your 50 fucking people out. <laughs> Oh, any um, any last minute things you want to discuss before we? It was just at WrestleMania backstage. Maybe maybe we do see all three faces of Foley. I'd be okay with or the, that. The four. It was why it was not fun when they did it at um, was it the '99 Rumble? I want to say it was the '99 Rumble. It was fun when they did it there. And then you'll have Kane, Corporate Kane, Mayor Kane. And and, uh, and Knox uh, Isaac Yeager, Knox County Mayor Kane. <laughs> but I mean, they they could have they could have fucking ten people in this rumble and just recycle gimmicks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wardrobe changes. Apollo. They are CBS. And I also think they did slip up and started calling him Apollo Cruz again. The, yeah, somebody uh, I heard somewhere that he is now back to being Apollo Cruz since nobody cares about the gunman anymore. He he got the Cruz back. Get the Cruz back, baby. Well, maybe Elias will get eliminated to come back as Elias Samson. Right. Walk with Samson. The Samson, nigga. I need Samson. I need Samson. Romeo, some of that Samson. I want to see Dave Chappelle come in there as fucking whatever his name was. What was his rap? That rapper's oh. name. Oh man, it was something. Yep. Yep. Samson. While you while you look up Samson, I'm gonna let the folks know. Um, Impact Wrestling put on its first real pay per view in over a year. And uh, they're really, this is like a turning point in Sir the company. How did I not remember Sir that? Sir Smoke-a-Lot, no shit, yeah. <laughs> He's Samson. Uh, this, this seems to be a turning point with new creative, 
new people behind the scenes. Um, Jeff Jarrett is gone. Dixie Carter's gone. Billy Corgan's gone. I think uh, Big Dick is gone. Uh, they, they got so many new people behind the scenes. This is kind of a stepping stone. I've heard nothing but good things about Impact the last, oh, a couple months, I think. So right. I said, you know what? I have to watch this. This is the the rebirth, if you will. It's like it's like Impact went into the lake of rejuvenation or reincarnation and came out. And I was not disappointed, folks. If you get the chance to check this out, um, they were selling it on pay per view for forty bucks. In this day and age, with New Japan World, with um, uh, Ring of Honor service, with the WWE Network, you don't pay forty bucks for a pay per view. I'm not trying to tell you to not support and. Impact Wrestling. If you have the extra, there's income, other cheaper ways. Yeah, if you have with more the content, income, do it. But I can't, in all good faith, tell you to drop forty on this when that's four months of WWE Network. But I can tell you, if you can find it on your own, find it, watch it all the way through, or I'll give you the highlights right now. This was an Impact thing, but right now Impact and Lucha Underground are partnering. Big time, and I think it's doing super things for both companies. This is sort of the Ring of Honor New Japan. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's great. So, right off the bat, we started out with a Lucha Underground match Aerostar versus Drago. If you don't know Lucha Underground, you don't know these names, but these are two amazing athletes, high flyers. Aerostar is just, he's. He, he's in the stratosphere. Um, think the old Amazing Red or, or Evan Airborne, who, by the way, is on this pay-per-view as Matt Seidel. Um, Aerostar won this match by pinfall after a springboard code breaker that looked awesome. Each match, I'll just tell you who it is, who won, how they won, and, and one or two awesome things during the match. This one... Aerostar um, had a springboard reverse cannonball that just crushed Drago. That me saying it doesn't do it justice. Look it up. I'm sure you can even find a clip of it online. Going to run through these quickly because we're a little behind. Uh, Impact World Tag Titles. LAX, the new LAX, um, versus Eli Drake. And a returning Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Holla if you hear me. Yeah. God, you know what? Rick's, Rick Flair could come back. Uh, Shawn Michaels could come back. All these people could come back that everybody loves. Scott Steiner is just an amazing athlete who I'll always accept coming back. And you know what? Oh, yeah, put, just for the entrance. Just for him well, walking down the ramp in his chain mail. That's all we need. Right? Or, or, his, or his promos are just gold. But even if... I, I would say you go back and watch um, very late 80s to early mid nineties, Scott Steiner, before he was even big Papa pump, you are going to see one of the best in ring performers ever. There's very few people that are at the level that he was at that time as big Papa pump. He was awesome, but I think the more he bulked up the, he lost a step or two along the way, which is just going to happen. That being said, Eli Drake, who, who is an amazing competitor, and Scott Steiner won by pinfall after Drake hit his gravy train on Ortiz. Um, notable here, Big Papa Pump, still at 55 years of age, hit a top rope Frankensteiner on Santana that looked amazing. Very nice. Um, if you do follow Impact, I will say before this match happened, um, Ortiz and Santana got a call saying that Conan 
got taken out and they didn't know by who. So that's a storyline going forward now. Conan, who is their mentor and the leader of LAX, is taken out. Um, then we had Japanese Ishimori versus uh, a competitor I am not familiar with, Desmond Xavier versus El Hijo, El Hijo del Fantasma, which is the son of the ghost. Versus, they call him Cage, Brian Cage. Versus DJ Z. Versus Trevor Lee, friend of the Hardys, if you will. Um, This was kind of the uh, throw together everybody who you don't really have anything for match. But it worked really good. This was a Lucha Libre rules. So only two men were in the ring at a time. But if someone went to the floor, another wrestler could hop in at any moment. Brian Cage, they've been pushing really hard. If you watch Lucha Underground, they pushed him hard there. He won by pinfall after hitting the Drill Claw. The Drill Claw is a cool finisher. I just cannot get behind Brian Cage. He just doesn't do it for me. He's not as good as his father, Luke Cage. That is true. Or, uh, or his cousin, or his uncle Johnny, yeah. Oh, his uncle Johnny Cage is awesome. His dad, Luke. Rumor has it, Johnny Cage is the one who taught Shinsuke Nakamura his new moves. Rumor has that, yes, sir. Um, notable event here, DJ Z or DJ Zion or Zima Ion or whatever. He actually, uh, Xavier, Desmond Xavier was down getting up. He jumped off Xavier's back and hit Trevor Lee, who was on the apron, with a tornado DDT to the floor. I don't know that I've seen that before, but they made it look beautiful and fluid. Very impressive. Uh, Taya Valkyrie, who is just a phenomenal female, who is going to be in... Not that I've heard any rumors, but she's going to be in WWE soon, folks. Don't worry about that. Took on a gal I've never heard of called Kira Hogan. Um, no relation to Hulk Hogan, but I couldn't help but notice that her ring wear was red and yellow. And, and I, it's going to sound ridiculous when I say it, but it's actually beautiful. Look up a picture of it. She has the most amazing hair that goes down to about her ass or lower back, but it starts out just blazing red like Hogan's red. And then it, um, it, it, um, blurs or, um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? Fades into yellow. And it ends up being bright yellow at the bottom. It's just just gorgeous. It has a little orange in the middle. Uh, don't know anything about her. She she was good. I wouldn't say she impressed me super, but she was good. I loved her look. Taya Valkyrie is amazing. She won by pinfall after the road to Valhalla. The biggest thing on here was that Tessa Blanchard showed up and was on commentary. And apparently now Tessa Blanchard is in Impact Wrestling and will be a knockout going forward. Tessa Blanchard is a phenomenal wrestler. She's a third-generation wrestler. Um, Tully Blanchard was her father, as you know, from um, the Four Horsemen, obviously. And she was in NXT for a while, and she never got far there. Nobody really knows why with her, as good as she is, the way she can talk, and with her pedigree. X-Division match, Matt Seidel, formerly Evan Bourne of WWE, comes in as champion taking on Petey Williams. Matt Seidel won this one by pinfall after Petey went for a Canadian Destroyer, but Matt Seidel just rolled him up. Uh, Point of note here, Matt Seidel went for his shooting star press, 
But Petey Williams got his knees up, which has to hurt. I mean, just in real life, that's got to be a hard right. one to take. Yeah. Then Williams actually hit his Canadian destroyer, but Seidel ended up rolling out of the ring, so he wasn't able to pin him. And folks, you don't know what the Canadian destroyer is? Throw it in your YouTube machine. You'll thank me later. Pasty, this one's for you. House of Hardcore match. This was Eddie Edwards' revenge on Sammy Callahan. You all have heard about it. We've talked about it here. Sammy Callahan, legit in real life, broke Eddie Edwards' eye and nose with a fucking baseball bat to the face. Not on purpose, but it legitimately happened. Um, so we had the team of Tommy Dreamer, Eddie Edwards, and Moose versus Ohio versus everything. There isn't more versus it's ove it's a group folks sammy callahan <laughs> jake christ and dave christ um ove won this one by pinfall which super surprised me i thought eddie was gonna get his comeuppance here but he didn't uh or i thought sammy would get his comeuppance when eddie won he won by pinfall when callahan nakamura dreamer and got the pin folks if you don't know what nakamuring somebody means then you're not paying attention to the fucking show i'm not gonna explain it to you <laughs> Few things of notes here. Um, Eddie Edwards was up on Dave Christ's shoulders. Jake got on top of Sammy Callahan's shoulders, and Jake hit a leaping cutter onto Eddie Edwards onto two jaggedly bent chairs. It was a pretty cool move, and it's got to be pretty difficult to do when both the the person doing it and the person taking it are straddled on somebody else's shoulders. So good teamwork for all four people involved. Uh, we also seen Moose powerbomb Dave Christ while Eddie leg-dropped him from the top rope. And all of this happened on thumbtacks. Woo! Moose did a dive from the top turnbuckle to the outside on, on Dave Christ, who was on a table. But as Moose dived, or dove, I don't know what's the correct term there, Jake Christ t- jumped off the other turnbuckle and... They timed it so perfectly, Jake Christ hit a cutter on Moose. Through the tables, through Dave, the timing had to be precise, and they hit it perfectly. I know that clip is on YouTube. Folks, if you're not going to watch the match, watch that one clip. If you can only watch one thing from this show, watch that one clip. And the last thing is, after the match, Eddie Edwards tied up Sammy uh, Callahan with duct tape to the ropes, and was beating the shit out of him with a kendo stick. Tommy Dreamer tried to stop him. Tommy got hit. The ref tried to stop him. The ref got hit. Dave Christ came in. He got hit with a kendo stick. Then Eddie Edwards' wife, Alicia, came in to try to calm Eddie down, and without looking or seeing what was happening, Eddie wailed Alicia with a kendo stick to the head. Going to be a good, good storyline going forward there with um, Tommy Dreamer telling Eddie he went too far. Knockouts title, seeing the champion Allie versus Sue Young with Braxton Sutter. Folks, if you don't know Sue Young, look her up. She's been in stardom in Japan. She's been in Shimmer and Shine in the United States. She is amazing. She is the zombie bride, if you will. She is sick. Allie won this, though, by pinfall after a roll-up. There's been a few roll-ups on this show. I wasn't impressed with the endings there. Um... Sue Young hit a draping pedigree on Allie, which I don't know that I've seen before. You know the draping uh, DDT that RKO does, Pasty? Yes. 
Yeah, imagine that, but it was a pedigree instead of a DDT. It was pretty cool. I was that impressed was nice. with it. Um, also, just of note here, Sutter gets physically involved with Young on multiple occasions. So there are plenty of times that, at least on Impact Rest- Wrestling, the male Braxton Sutter is attacking Sue Young while the ref is distracted. So they still do have men-on-woman violence on here. Also, um, I found it cool. Sue Young put on like an old, you know, a bride's glove that she'd have, the white glove or whatever. She puts yeah. on a white glove that's just stained and fake blood and looks dirty and nasty, and it has the middle two fingers missing. And she's apparently using a mandible claw, similar to what mankind used to use. And she puts on this this bride's glove that's super bright. <coughs> I just thought it looked awesome. The aesthetics looked really cool. On to the world title. Um, this is one thing where um, Alberto El Patron leaving the company under bad circumstances, I would probably say benefited the company. It was supposed to be yeah. Austin Aries versus Alberto El Patron. We didn't get that, but we got Austin. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be Austin Aries tagging with Patron versus Pentagon oh, and yeah. Phoenix. Sorry, sorry. Thank you, Pasty. You're um, welcome. Way to be on top of things. Yes, it was supposed to be A-double-N-A-E-P versus uh, the brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, who are allegedly brothers in real life, although nobody really knows who they are because Mexican standards are different than United States standards. Amazing match. I expected with the change here that Austin Aries was just going to win after a fantastic match. I got a fantastic match. But Pentagon actually won the Impact World title after a package pile driver to A-double while simultaneously hitting Phoenix with a Gory Guerrero special, which he followed by snapping the armbar on A-double, followed by a Pentagon driver. Folks, I put a clip of this up that I recorded on my phone because I didn't want to look if there was a clip on, on YouTube. I put a clip of this on facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast. Check this finish out. It's just a hand. I think it's a handful of seconds long. It's not super long. It is fucking amazing to see that yes, it package is. pile driver with the gory Guerrero special. Just Pentagon jr. Never ceases to amaze me. Uh, other than that finish, a couple other things to talk about. Aries charges Phoenix but got tossed over the thrown ropes or over the ropes by Phoenix to the outside, but he actually lands perfectly on Pentagon and Hurricane Ron is him when Pentagon's on the floor. Again, just perfect teamwork, perfect timing, fluid motions. I loved it. Another awesome thing was Austin Aries hit his 450 splash on both Pentagon and Phoenix, but they both ended up kicking out. All right, I tried to get through that as fast as possible <clears throat> because we probably have a lot to say here about the shakeup, Pasty. I think so. I mean, it's old news by now, but we missed a week, so we still got to talk about it, right? Well, and they're still making moves. I mean, things about the shakeup are still just flourishing now, and there's people that were involved in the shakeup who haven't even been on TV yet. So, I think it's still new news. It still pertains. Um, just a, a side note here, <clears throat> we added both the technical superstar shakeup and the week after WrestleMania call-ups, because let's be honest, it's all the same thing, they just did it in two weeks. 
Mm. I mean, it's it's not really... <clears throat> it's not. All right. Um, how do you want to do this, Pasty? You want me to just run down the names and we talk a little about, bit about each one? or um, you want? Yeah, that's probably the best or... way to save on time. Okay. So we'll start from who came to Raw from SmackDown Live. First person we've seen on Raw the night of the shakeup was Jinder Mahal. What do you say, yes. Pacey? He came in as U.S. champ. He lost his championship right away. What do you think about Jinder Mahal going to Raw? What do you see in his future? What do you think what they've done so far? Thought we were running down the list. Oh, you don't, you don't, I said we'd run down the list and talk about them. You want me to run oh. down all the list and then just. Talk about it. Okay. Or spotlight okay. what we want to talk about. So we had Ginger Mayhall. Then we also had the Riot Squad, which consisted of Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. We also had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which made no sense. We'll have to talk about that one. Natalia, Bobby Roode, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler. We got the Fashion Police, or Febreze as I like to call them. Now, all of those were on air. Now, there were a few that happened off air, and those were Chad Gable, The Ascension, Mojo Rowley, Zack Ryder, and Mike Kanellis. Also from to Raw, but from NXT, we got former NXT Women's Champion Ember Moon. We got former white man named Rose No Way Jose. We got former Rosie and Jamal turned white men, AOP, Authors of Pain. And we got former Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre. A lot of formers. <laughs> we had one return on Raw. Informer. Actually, we had two returns on Raw, but one went to SmackDown next week, so I'm counting that as the return. Return on Raw is the return of Bobby Lashley. Yes, folks, the man who um, the man who represented our president at WrestleMania. Does it get any higher yeah. than that, Pasty? Does it get more prestigious? I don't know. I mean, he's also known as Black Lesnar. That's yeah. pretty prestigious, too. He also just happened to be sat right to the right-hand side of Vincent Kennedy McMahon during the tribute to Bruno San Martino. And you best believe people don't just walk up and stand wherever they want. They have a certain place they're supposed to be. We had Bobby Lashley on one side... And we had um, Roman Reigns on the other side. So that speaks to me, that speaks volumes as to what they expect from Bobby Lashley and where they see him. Speaks volumes. Volumes. All right, so let's, who do you want to talk about here? Jinder Mahal. All right, let's talk about Jinder. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got? Hit me, pasty, hit me. It's good that he jumped. Over to the other brand, uh, he's been about used up on SmackDown as far as that goes, and I, I see a strong future for him on the Raw brand. Raw tends to be the land of giants, and that hasn't really changed, especially after the shakeup. So I, I think he's where he should be. And I think he can be a um, mid-card title guy or lower um, world title guy. You know, you could see him contending for the title. Maybe not winning, right. but you can see him contending for it. 
yeah, maybe we could see him actually face off against Brock instead of being replaced by AJ Styles. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to, but we could. <laughs> uh, Riot Squad, anything there? That was basically just Riot Squad and Absolution switching place. Don't, don't right. need to have any spoilers there, folks. But Yeah. Anything you want to touch on that? Uh, no. It was a necessary move. All and right. I saw it coming when they announced Paige as the new GM. So, so, tell me your thoughts on Kevin and Sammy being welcomed with open arms to Raw Pasty. I want to hear this before I get into my spiel. <laughs> well, it's where they started. It's where they belong. They started in Canada. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. They didn't have careers before WWE. <laughs> And Sammy, you can't say for certain. But supposedly, it was Stephanie McMahon's call to hire them to Raw. (laughs) So, hopefully that throws a stick in your spiel. My spiel is that that is the super laziest story they could have written to tie this fucking bow together. There's no reason for Kevin and Sammy to be on either SmackDown or Raw. They legitimately lost their places in matches to both brands. And just having Steph, not even Steph coming out and saying anything. I know she's kayfabe injured. Not even Steph Skyping. Not even Steph conference calling via satellite. She sends an email that says, eh, let them in. I just find it, it makes sense because they traded Miz to the other show. Does it make does it make sense kayfabe that they would be allowed at Raw? Hey, you also don't have Miz on that list, so I will uh, oh, fix that throw for Miz you. on there. Um, just, my thing is there. There's so many things you easily could have done. What I know they wouldn't have done, but I would love to have done was send Kevin and Sammy down to NXT. And then William Regal says, well, you can't just come back here. You have to earn it. And he puts them up against, um, what is it, uh, heavy machinery, let's say. And they lose to heavy machinery. They can't be an NXT. Then they show up on 205 Live, and you see them in the back, and there's Drake Maverick, fucking watching them on the scales and they don't quite hit the 205 weight limit can't be on two especially live. kevin right <laughs> no kevin kevin comes in at weighing 205.6 that'd be funny <laughs> that would be great. and his stomach his stomach standing on like the arm of the scale or something yeah like like uh homer simpson when it's on the towel rack on the episode where he gets obese <laughs> yeah <laughs> throw back to the towel rack hashtag throw back to the towel rack um, then what I would do is since they have a working relationship with Evolve and since both Kevin and Sammy have been in Evolve and have worked with Gabe Sapolsky, have them do a couple shows over in Evolve and wrestle there for a while or something and then have them have a loser leaves town match and they lose that. And then that's when you somehow bring them back in. But as many big names that they have on raw right now, Raw would be just fine if Kevin and Sammy weren't on it for two, three months. And then they'd come back and we'd care about them. 
Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have their own podcast show on Raw now called the Kevin and Sami Show, and it reminds me an awful lot of you and I. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I hadn't seen it, but I have heard that they have that. Who, who am I? Am I the Muslim? I'm the Muslim. Thank you. I'm yeah. the fucking Muslim. Whoop de doo. Uh, <laughs> I, I oh, you are native. I figured that's close enough. I just found it so lazy. I mean, at very least, give them one extra match to earn it and have them win it. I'd still complain, but it would make more sense than that. I, I said my piece. You can you can rebuttal if you want before we move on. Well, the fact of the matter is, is, is Kurt Angle put them in the match against each other, and he said whoever wins gets a spot. Nobody won. But in a sense, they both won. You know what I mean? No, in a sense, they both lost. No, they both won. They both kept the other person down for a ten count. That's a that's a win. No, it's called a double count out. That means you both lost by definition. I, nah, I see where win. you're going, devil's advocate, and I love it <laughs> because that that would be my excuse if I was for the story. So I, I I get it. I mean, when have you when ha, when else have you seen a double count out in recent years in in WWE programming? That's a win. <laughs> um, Natalia. Got anything for her? Fuck no. Um, I will say I am a huge fan of pairing Natalia with Ronda Rousey. Natalia is a veteran. Natalia has so much skills. Natalia has so much to teach that this is beautiful. Not only does it keep Ronda in tag matches so she doesn't have to be all the way out there so we don't see her flaws. Because they've been doing awesome at hiding her flaws. She's looked amazing. Yeah. Um, but she can also learn from Natalia in real life, after the shows, when they're driving places, hanging out, talking. Natalia is a goldmine of knowledge for wrestling. I mean, anybody will tell you that, whether you like her character on TV or not. She's a heart, kind of. She's a heart. She's <laughs> a heart. No, her, her mother was a heart. Her father was a night heart. Her mother was a heart. Together they made a night heart heart. <laughs> So, for that reason, I think it's awesome. She's more heart than most hearts. Exactly. She's double hearting it. I think it's smart. I think it works storyline, kind of, because uh, other than it makes Rhonda look kind of ditzy, anybody can see from a mile away that Natalia's just going to use her. But that that's my thought, is put her with somebody. And they're, and they're putting her against Mickey James and Alexa. Mickey James, another amazing veteran that you can learn everything from and is going to make you look good. And when was the last bad Alexa match you've seen? So, right. to me, the these three people that they have Ronda with right now, I don't think it could be better unless you kept her with, say, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey or whatever, you know. It's perfect. Perfect! Other than that, she's going to fade after the whole Ronda Rousey thing. She's going to fade into nothingness. And as long as they don't make her fart, I'm happy. I was going to say, maybe they'll make her fart again. Um, Robert Rude, pasty. I'm sad. I feel like uh, he'd be better off on SmackDown than on Raw. He already seems less important, doesn't he? Yeah, very much so. Um, my hope is he turns heel and maybe flourishes. They don't... The problem is they don't have a lot of strong faces. They got to give him a Japanese band to sing his song so fans don't <laughs> sing along with it. They should have the same fucking sundown band or whatever. <laughs> Just make a remix for him. <laughs> um, 
Dolph Ziggler. We should talk a little bit about this. Um, and you skipped over Baron Corbin, sir. Yep, Dolph Ziggler. We should. But you talk skipped little... over Baron Corbin, oh, sir. Okay. Do you got anything to say about Baron Corbin? I'm sad that he's not on SmackDown anymore as well. Um, I'm going to go back to the Jinder Mahal statement I made, but in reverse. Raw's the land of giants. Baron Corbin is a small guy in the land of giants. Needs to be on SmackDown. Granted, we can get Corbin versus Elias stuff out of the way. That'll be fun. If they go with that. Man, it's a man only, in the mirror match. It's only going to be to push Elias, which I, I'm okay with. But that's all it'll yeah. be for. Dolph Ziggler. Or do you want to wait until we talk about Drew McIntyre? Ah, we could talk about Dolph. You already said his name like seven times. Okay. I got nothing to say It would be kind of rude not to. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. You got anything to say about him? He's on Raw. Fashion police. They're not going to do well on Raw. Although Raw doesn't have much of a tag team division right now. Raw has no tag team division right now um if you assume uh well let's keep talking and then we'll get into that because there, there's at least one more tag coming up uh chad gable yeah american alpha can get back together that's where i see it going um one thing that i that i want to see happen and, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie i kind of made this story up with a couple other things i've heard from other people on podcasts but with my own little tweaks, I want to see Kurt Angle take a liking to Chad Gable and become like a mentor of his. Work with him, oh. take him under his wing. Then Jason Jordan comes back, and he's his son, but Kurt Angle is more into Chad Gable than Jason Jordan. At first, Kurt puts them back together, because they're the amazing American Alpha. But... From the get-go, there's animosity where Jason Jordan just hates Gable, and it turns to them breaking up and a feud between Gable and Jordan, and I think Jib-Jib! Jib-Jib! Noob-Noob! Everybody say Noob-Noob! Noob-Noob! Gets all the hits on YouTube! I think Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, one-on-one, you can do it multiple times, and I think... It's going to be gold every time. It'll be something. He's been doing pretty good on his own, so I could see it going that route. I could also see him getting lost in the shuffle and raw and just becoming a lower mid-card guy, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, One thing I want to mention, and I'll do it super quick, but... One, one podcaster I, ta- or I listened to said that, and I, I like the idea, not in reality, but just in theory. He's like, I want Chad Gable to get a paternity test, and it turns out that Kurt is his father also. And then just randomly, random superstars find out their Kurt, that Kurt is their father, and it just turns out that Kurt really got around, and half the stable is his kids. <laughs> it's like, that'd be a fun fucking storyline. It'd be stupid in real life. But just hearing somebody talk about it makes me laugh. <laughs> Ascension. Well, the fashion police went to Raw, so the Ascension, of course, had to go with. Yep. Can't have one without the other. Mojo Rowley. Zack Ryder. 
<laughs> Thank you. Mike Canellis. <laughs> Mike, I mean, it's all going to depend on what happens when Maria comes back is my thinking on it. We haven't seen him forever, right? Right. Other than that Raw match that him and Zack Ryder had when Zack got injured. But that was all in their head. So It's funny how Zack Ryder tweeted that that it was Mike Bennett that he was in the match with. Oh, is that what he tweeted too? I didn't catch yeah, that. I yeah. guess because I always think yeah. of him as Mike Bennett. So, <laughs> I suppose he probably used his Twitter handle, which would probably be Mike Bennett, huh? Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going long, folks. It's 10 o'clock now. What do you think, Pacey? An extra 15 to get this through? Sure. All right. Now, from NXT going to Raw, we got Ember Moon. We got to talk about her, Pasty. Yeah, we do. Um, did Mickey James make Ember Moon? No. Okay, let, let me. Okay, let me let me expand <laughs> on that. When Ember Moon came in in the match against Mickey James, and Mickey James sold that Eclipse better than I've seen almost any wrestler sell any other move. Okay. It would make Ric Flair <laughs> fucking jealous at the sell job. Like, that's going to be in every Ember Moon highlight package, DVD, fucking WrestleMania thing going forward. Um, I, I mean, come on, let's give it up to Mickey just a little bit for that sell job. Okay. I don't think Ember would have gotten as far over with the crowd if not for that ending. Um, sky's the limit for her, I think. I A lot of people I've seen online are worried that she's going to just become another pretty face and nothing's going to happen with her. To me, I don't see how her talent ever gets dimmed. Right. I, I yeah, think... I, I agree there. She's got, she's got a bright future. Yeah. In the words of um, one of them R&B singers, she's going to shine bright like a diamond. I can't wait. Tell she's in a match with Natalia and she hits an eclipse on Natalia and Corey Graves does something about total oh. eclipse of the heart. Oh, that's perfect. I thought she was going to fart when she did it. I like your idea better. Total eclipse of the heart. That's clever. Much more clever than my fart humor, which I don't like. Yeah, total eclipse of the heart. Literally. Uh, no way, Jose. Oh, Lower, God. He's already card. done. He's already done. Yep. It's already over for you, you No way, Jose. Poor Booker T really fucked up by just just stating that he's the Black Adam Rose. Like, Booker T just out and said it. And we know he says stupid things, but come on, man. We were all thinking it, but don't don't point it out. (laughs) Authors of Pain. Now, everybody, more so than paying attention to No Way Jose's matches, they're going to be paying attention to the people who come out with No Way Jose to see who's going to be the up-and-coming superstars. Who's the new Rosebuds? Yeah. Authors of Pain, Pasty. I, I'm I'm torn here. What do you think? <sighs> I'm happy they're there. And they're going to make the, the Raw Tag Team division for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. They, they almost have to because Raw doesn't have a tag team division. So I think they're in good hands for the immediate future. I'm worried about their... F- why did they take Paul Ellering away the first day when they need him to talk for them? Because Paul Ellering's too old to want to tour as much as the main roster tours. Maybe. Which makes if, a lot of sense. 
if it was his call, I could see that. If it was Vince's call or the creative's call, I think it, was it wasn't. Call. It wasn't because it, uh, apparently, if you paid attention to NXT the week before Takeover, uh, they did. told Ellerick that the next chapter of Authors of Pain does not have him in it. I must not so. have noticed that. Yeah. Um, Drew Galloway McIntyre, the chosen one, pasty. Hey, if 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 Dolph Ziggler is Shawn Michaels, then Drew McIntyre is Kevin Nash as the bodyguard. I agree, and I think it's a good way to bring him in. But let me say this: not only is Dolph Ziggler no Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash is no fucking Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Drew can talk. Drew can work. Drew is not only the man. Can he fight the Punisher as a Russian? He What? Did Kevin Nash be in a Punisher movie, that shitty Punisher movie? He was in the first Punisher movie. Was he really? Yeah. I just know he was Super Shredder. That's what I always remember him he from. Got, he got, he got uh, slammed in the face with a pot of boiling water and oh. it fucked his face up. It was good. Good favorite super fight. Shredder. That, that's Level what he's going to be. Either that or Magic Mike. He was on Magic Marvel. Mike. He looked good on Magic Mike. <laughs> was he naked? Uh, semi. No no less than, than when he's in the no, fucking ring. No, not did you get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Drew McIntyre was the chosen one. Things didn't work out. He left. He improved on his mic skills. He improved on his in-ring work, and his body looks better. This motherfucker, not only has he already come in as a star, I think, I think he's going to the moon. I oh, think yeah. Drew McIntyre, sure. Roman Reigns is money. He's not going to stay with Dolph Ziggler. No, by no means. No. Because Three Man Man is back, baby! You know, I, I agree with you that'll happen, but I think it's years away. I think they're going to ruin everybody other than fucking Kurt Hawkins if they do that. Um, but I think Drew Kurt McIntyre... Hawkins. Huh? You said Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins was never three-man oh, band. Oh, uh, Heath Slater, I'm sorry. They're interchangeable, <laughs> come thing. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Drew... I hate to say this, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns is money. Money, 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 money. Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley is money. Um, and when you have Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal, you have that 3MB thing to go on. And the one Raw return, we got Bobby Lashley, pasty. What about Bobby Lashley? Everybody's super excited for him. I... Don't really care, mostly because of his initial run in WWE. Made me not care, yeah, and, and, you didn't and really, so I don't care. You didn't watch him during his Impact run. Right? No, no. Which he is a completely, he was a completely different person than from what he was in WWE. Very similar to Drew McIntyre. Uh, very similar I mean, to, he, to a He's a guys. Trump supporter. How bad can he be, really? Hey, fucking uh, Kanye West is all behind Trump. So, huzzah. Um, I mean, if nothing else, if we get Bobby versus Brock, I'm going to be happy. If that's all we get out of this, I'm happy. 
I don't think we need Bobby Lashley, but I think I will take Bobby Lashley and I will be pleased with what I get. Maybe not ecstatic, but pleased. I don't I don't feel like his his run's going to be all that long. 3 years maybe. He has uh, allegedly he has completely at this moment given up MMA to do wrestling fully, which he hasn't done in years. He's been wrestling MMA for these past five plus years. Um, and don't forget Bobby Lashley's MMA record is better than Brock Lesnar's. I think Bobby Lashley is like, is he like 10, two or, or 11, two or something like that? Like he's got a really good MMA record. So he's legit MMA. Maybe we'll get to see them face off in the octagon and the WWE ring over the next decade. Or they can do the Lions Den match. Do you remember that from the nineties? They had Ken Shamrock versus Dan Severin. They put him in an octagon and made it MMA rules and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, dude. Don't do that. Um <laughs> anything else before we move to SDL? Uh, nah. Moving on to the sucking dick lips. On to SDL from Raw, we got a new general manager, namely Paige. Thoughts? It's Paige. It's Paige. She's the next Daniel Bryan. So expect to see her back in about two years' time as an active superstar. She's too good on the mic for them to let her sit back and do nothing. This is perfect for her. Well, and on the cusp of her movie coming out, they can't let her go. Well, yeah, and and it's going to just garner attention, so perfect. Um, Samoa Joe going to SmackDown. There was a lot we didn't get to see from Joe on Raw that we thought we could have. Is this too soon, or is this perfect? It's good, and with all the monsters that are on Raw, SmackDown's a good place for Joe, where he'll be able to take a top spot and hold on to it. He's a big guy in SmackDown, isn't he? Where yeah. Not so much over in Raw. We got Absolution Sans Page. Duh. Page is the general manager. I'm looking forward to the storylines there where she favors them over the other women and stuff. Perfect, because I'm literally thinking the opposite. I'm waiting for them to think they get special treatment and Page doesn't. And they get super pouty and whiny about it. So, that's cool that we're both on, on two different ends of that. I I honestly didn't think they were going to get that. So, that's cool to get that perspective. Um, Big Cass returned. Or, I guess, yeah, Big Cass should have been in returns, not in here. But, okay, we'll just talk about him. He's back. And better than ever. And better like than the- ever. Song is never going to leave my head now. It's terrible. It fucking sticks with you, man. <laughs> you're going to have dreams of fucking of people coming to your house late at night, beating, fucking breaking your shit and taking drugs because you kicked their cousin out. And all you're going to hear in the background is, I'm back! Every time that fucking door knocks or the doorbell rings and you answer it and there's a big brown guy staring at you and you're going to hear, I'm back! <laughs> Uh, um, again, um, Cass can be a giant in 
SmackDown, where he's an average guy in Raw, a big guy, but not the biggest. Yeah, the only downside here is is we got to go longer before we get Strowman versus Cass, and that's something I'm looking forward to down the line. Okay, Oscar, surprising or no? Not at all. And and you can follow up with that with some exposition on why it's not at all surprising. <laughs> Because her story with uh, with Charlotte is not yet done, and and this way Ronda Rousey doesn't have a whole lot of competition. There you go. That's what I was gonna say. I don't think you can have her and Ronda on the same brand without one of them looking weak. Yep. So I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Plus, yes, her and Charlotte can continue going. You got a built-in feud there. All right, the Miz. Fuck yeah, There's we finally things. get that payoff, man. We finally get the Miz versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Main event. They won't main event it, but it would be Shut awesome. up, they're going to main event. It'll be it'll be a fucking um, Great Balls of Fire mid-card match. <laughs> SummerSlam main event. I, I, I mean, book it. I, I'll buy a ticket. Um, So we got to bring up the big cast Miz scenario. Will they, won't they, is there, isn't there, what could be, what could not be. You've, been, <laughs> I you've, you've watched the shows. I'll, I'll admit to everybody, if I haven't yet, that I've missed the last two weeks of Raw and SmackDown, other than just catching up on recaps. So, Pasty knows more than I do right now. What I gather, The Miz and, and Big Cats are kind of just in each other's way in line to face Daniel Bryan. And I'm hoping it stays that way. I would like to see The Miz have a good run on his own. You know, he got split up from The Miz Taraj. So, let him do what he does best. Let me put it to you this way. I don't think Miz... I think Miz is at where he needs to be or at the pinnacle of his career. I think he easily could have a championship and this and that. But he's he's tops. He's big time. Is he at the point where he's building other stars? He tried with uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, and it only got so far. Could this be? Uh, I, I wouldn't say he failed. Mills? I wouldn't say he failed. Well, Bo he, Dallas and Curtis Axel are far better off now than they were before he picked them up. Yes. Okay. Yep. A hundred percent. He helped elevate them. over a hundred percent. Five hundred percent. There you go. He did elevate them. Yep. I will give you that. He, he so, elevated their status. Um, they were both great workers before, but he elevated their status. But now people know who they are. That's so could, the thing here. The, the question they, that I they're hear They're not from, in the best position, but people know who the fuck they are. They're in a better position, and I will agree yeah. 100%, 10-fold, 20-fold, 50-fold. The, the talk is Big Cass Miz. Is this the new Big Cass Enzo? Um, can we use Miz to get Big Cass over? We, we seem... They please just do the the Enzo and Cass entrance together just once. (laughs) That would be awesome. Or or come up with their own new one. This could even come out dressed like a retard. It seems leopard print and everything. Why not? It seems that Vince has a hard on for big Cass. So the Miz would be an amazing person to put him with who can talk and who could use a muscle to back him up. Cass is doing better at talking now, though. You'll have to go back and rewatch that. But if anybody who saw SmackDown, you you got to have a little bit more faith in Cass well, than you did ever before. 
I'll even admit before he left, I, I admitted he was doing better. But I still, I, I don't know, and I could be wrong. I'll go, I'll have to go back and listen. But in my mind, I don't ever see Big Cass being Enzo or Miz or Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold or Rock or any Speaking of, of Hulk Hogan, the numbers are good for him to make his return at the Greatest Royal Rumble. I'm just putting that one out there. We didn't bring it up before, and I should have, but I didn't, and now you said it, so now I have to say it. Hey, brother, it won't be the greatest if he's not involved. Speaking of brother, good brother. What if he wins it? Um, there's no stipulations, so let him do it. I, I'm for it. I, I'll never, I I'll never be negative on Hulkster. Because I'm sure they're still watching 80s WWF. With, with the Iron Sheik and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep, they're still watching Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan. They're just getting WrestleMania 3 now. They're, they're going to be so mad that Andre is not at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, brother, brother. Good brothers. Pro con. It's good. It's good. They're already teaming back up with AJ Styles, so they found their place. You know, as long as they've got another club member to to partner up with, they're not going to get buried. Okay. And I l- think they stand a better chance on SmackDown than they ever did on Raw. They didn't do anything with them on Raw. It was super disappointing. And let me say this. Even though they were a team with Finn Balor before AJ ever even joined New Japan... On WWE TV, at least, at least on WWE TV, do they not have a better rapport with AJ than Finn? Yeah, the whole beat up John Cena and stuff. It and, might be and the be, hot Asian wife. Yeah, it, it might be that they never let Finn like they had the Good Brothers heels while Finn was a face still. So maybe that makes a difference. We haven't got to see uh, heel Finn with the Good Brothers. But so far, I think they do better with AJ, at least on WWE TV. And I am proud to say I I, uh, found a guy who made free compilation videos of the history of Bullet Club. So I did get to catch up on everything that I missed out on historically-wise with a Bullet Club. Does Uh, WWE not need the G.O.D.? Yeah, they do. Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, Tonga Versus the Usos. Put the three of them in there. You got the Usos. You got Roman Reigns. You got Samoa Joe. I mean, yeah. They're, and they're not doing enough in New Japan. They're doing okay. But they're, they're not mainly. I'm telling you, I want G.O.D. and WWE. That, that's is, is Vince going to have another feud with God? He could. He could. <laughs> My son could not believe it. We random, Every now and then he'll randomly pick a pay-per-view to watch. And we came across the pay-per-view where it was where it was Vince and Shane versus Shawn Michaels and God. And that was during the time that I was not watching WWE. So I have heard about it, but I'd never seen it. Oh, even Mitchell was like, oh my gosh, this is so fucked up. It is. What if what if they signed with WWE and then the, instead of making reenacting it, they just took the footage and edited them into it? What if he has them? What if he has them change their face paint from tribal to just gorillas, and they keep the—they're not gorillas of destiny. They're like gorillas of entertainment or something, and then they come out looking like monkeys. I don't know. <laughs> Vince can fuck any good thing up. Uh, I'd bring them in, and I'd have fucking Haku be their manager, have their father be their manager, 
Haku Meng is fucking notorious. <coughs> he, he, he's an icon. He's he's a legend in the business. Have him come out and pay him to fucking just come out and, and, and walk to the ring with them. And every now and then do a little thrust to throat to some of the fuckers. I'm down. Uh, the bar. The bar. Well, now with their move to SmackDown, they're right where they need to be with the Usos and the New Day. It's perfect. The bar, they, they throw down with those guys, and I'm, I'm very happy. The bar, I will say, was my biggest shock. I did not see it yeah. happening. And... When the bar left Raw, that's where you knew Raw had no tag team division. Yeah, hindsight being 2020, I don't know why the bar is in SmackDown. I mean, like you said, there's so many positives for them in SmackDown, but SmackDown also doesn't need them because they have so many good tag teams. Whereas Raw has Kevin and Sammy, has Authors of Pain, and has Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. And Yeah, okay, yep, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. There's four. So you technically only need two or three to have a top division. So is your two, the Woken folk and the AOP... Is that going forward? The only two people that go for the titles the next three I months? I think that's the next deletion, to be honest. I think that's your next deletion. All right. And then you get, um, yeah, and then, then you get Paul Ellering on a, on a fucking cherry picker. Yeah. Fuck it! <laughs> Fuck it! Ricky Morton comes to save the fucking day. He's like, I know what it's like! I got a remote control from the cat company. Throw cat, you know, cat Just in case this ever happened again. He's like, I'm I'm prepared, buddy. I got you. As soon as he brings him down, fucking Joe Laurinaitis comes from behind in his fucking road warrior gear, spikes and all, and tackles him. <laughs> it was a setup. <laughs> I was going to say, Authors of Pain could get reincarnated and come out as road warriors. That'd be great. Right? Why not? <laughs> so much you can do with it. So much history. I'm also looking forward to the fashion police interacting with Bray and Matt too. A lot. Like Bray? that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh the next name, I'm just gonna say before I get into it, I'm gonna say I was hoping when he came out and was like, I'm on Raw <laughs> Like he legitimately wasn't supposed to be on SmackDown and right. that was just he got- Find Raw and thought he was at Raw. <laughs> yeah, like he was a fucking day late. Um, nobody cares. I love our truth. I love Ron. I thought they were like, "This is this amazing. is Tuesday. This is SmackDown Live," and he's like, "Okay, I guess I'll see y'all tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's Wednesday. What are you going to NXT? Um, I love the man and the talent, but WWE has nothing for him. Oh, he's so, so funny. WWE as a as a comedic relief he's great I am I am perfectly okay with him going and collecting a check to go out and make jokes because he's doing he's making money and he's not beating up his body and he he deserves it yeah Um, but I do know that he's never going to go anywhere in WWE past what he is and I think he's accepted it, so I accept it. Yeah, he knows his place. It's it's like gold dust, you know. Yeah, and why not gold dust? I mean, he gets more and more respect as the years go by, but he's always in the same position. So Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, coming in from NXT to SmackDown, we got Sanity. 
Um, and Rumor has Bray Wyatt is going to lead them eventually. I that I was going to bring that up, but thank you for bringing that up. But we don't get Rosemary or um, not Rosemary. Um, I forgot her name. That's because she's not insanity anymore. I know. Right? What the fuck is her name? Uh, uh, it's not Rosemary. It's oh, well, we're not getting the fuck. I completely spaced off her name now. It's gonna be the men: Eric Young, Alexander Wolf, Killian Dane, Pasty. You look Nikki up. Cross. Yes, Cross. Thank you. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Nikki Cross isn't gonna. We we don't know that she isn't going to because Sanity. He am I right? Still hasn't made their debut, Pasty. Right. So she still could, but she was not advertised as part of Sanity. That could be okay because the NXT women's division is pretty short. Once you lost the Icons or the Iconic Duo, and once you lost uh, um, um, Ember Moon, Ember Moon, and you lost um, not Kyrie Sane, um, the other one, Oscar, Oscar, uh, and. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you've lost so many females from NXT. It makes sense to keep her down there. She can keep the same gimmick or change it. I'm okay either way. She's a great talent. Um, but here we got another tag team that ended up going to SmackDown. What I see, Pasty, is a short, small run of Eric Young. But I see Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane getting pushed with Eric Young slowly becoming sort of just a background character. Um, he's I don't not, want Eric Young to go anywhere. I love him. He's not young, despite his name. And he doesn't have a lot to offer other than on-camera exposure. Eric Young is very energetic and entertaining. He's not one of the best people in the ring, and I've never been high on Eric Young. I've always thought he's been a great mid-card guy. So I think his best years are behind him, and I think he would be great with pushing Wolf and Dane. Especially Dane. I, I, I have totally turned my mind on Dane, and I think he's got big things coming. I've loved Eric Young since I first saw his show off the hook, his fishing show. Never Brilliant show. It. No, you should. It, you should at least watched. watch the one where he fishes for Asian carp. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, next name is to me. Uh, either him or Drew McIntyre is the biggest name from NXT. Andrade Cien Almas, and once you throw in that he's my with- boy. Zelina Vega, he probably trumps Drew McIntyre. This is This is because they didn't get Alberto to come back. This is who I thought we were gonna see at Mania, and this is the guy that's gonna push the um Hispanic demographic going forward easily. Mm -hmm. Easily. Oh yeah. Despite No Way Jose's name, he's not pushing the Hispanic demographic. I said, no way, Jose. Um, yeah, Andrade Cien Almas, awesome. Zelina Vega. Uh, we've only seen her in NXT really as a valet and interfering. Go back and watch some old school 
um, Impact Wrestling, TNA Wrestling. She was Rosita back then. She was actually Knockout's tag champion with um, Sarita. Rosita and Sarita. And she is a good talent. And she's even more over now. Her her mic work is super over now. I'm not sure what her in-ring work is now. She was solid before. Not amazing, but solid. But if she can have this mic work and still just be solid in the ring, she's got a future. Because in oh, yeah. WWE, your mic work goes a long way. Yes, it does. And folks, this could be the greatest uh, Mexican-American signing since Eddie Guerrero. I love Almas. He's definitely not in the line of the Mexicools, that's for sure. Actually, there was one um, Latin American signing that was bigger than Eddie Guerrero. Who? Antonio Anzaldo! (laughs) (laughs) The big Talk about Andrade getting called up, though. It does make me want to bring up the Mexicals just for a second. Because they came down to the ring on lawnmowers. It was a sad time in WWE history. It really was. Again, another one of them acts that would never happen today. Uh, We also got the Iconic Duo, which now is called the Iconics, with three eyes total, two eyes at the beginning which, Pasty, you're looking at the same OneNote page I'm looking at. looks really fucking It looks like Lysonics. Yeah. Lysonics. I don't like it. They need to change their name. If they're not the Iconic Duo, which allegedly is already trademarked by somebody, um, come up with something better than the Iconics with two eyes, because I don't yeah. like that. I don't get it. I don't get it. And who would it be trademarked by? Uh, allegedly, there's a trademark out on... Well, anybody. I don't know. It could be Batman and Robin. We know they're the but wasn't, duo. Maybe was they're it? the iconic duo. Who, who was the iconic duo on the jump? That was Hogan Savage, right? On the jump? No, they were they were the... Um, they were the Mega Powers. Oh, who, there was an iconic duo in WWF. I don't think there was. I'm pretty sure you just made uh, that up. No, I don't think so. WWF Iconic Duo. Yeah, time for you to do some Googling. Googling. Uh, Billy Googling. K, Peyton Googling. Royce, Billy K, Peyton Royce, Billy K, Peyton Royce. Let me go to settings. Or let me go to tools. Anytime. Let's go custom range. Can I go years ago? How much custom range did they let me do? What do you think, in 1990s? Probably that or before, yeah. I'm going to go 1980 to 2000. See what I come up with. Um, IRS and Ted DiBiase are a great duo. Iconic gimmick. I'm No, there is God not damn. an iconic duo, dude. You just made that up. I don't know, man. Iconic duo. I think of that, and I, I remember something. So it has to have been. Has to have been. WWE's iconic duo, the gorgeous Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. 
That was between fucking 80s and 2000. Fuck you, Google. <laughs> you slipped one in there. It says it's from September 15th, 1983. Fuck you. <laughs> you lying son of a bitch. I'm not buying that for a second. It's, it's radiant. They, so- they knew it from birth, folks. <laughs> Pamela Rose Martinez is an American professional wrestler currently signed to WWE under the ring name Bailey, where she is a former NXT Women's Champion performing on the Raw brand. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Oh, God. <laughs> Google lied to me. They are a great addition to the SmackDown roster. Uh, great heels on the mic. They're solid in the ring. Um, they're music to watch. Kirsten hates them, but I like to watch them. Yeah, and they're meant to be hated. And that's, that's yeah. kind of good. You know, I was, I had a lot of time to spend with some people recently and um, on the road. And there was somebody who was saying they really hated them also. And I was like, but I think, I think you hate them for the right reasons. There are right. people you hate for the wrong reasons. And far be it for me to tell you how you hate them. But yeah, I think most people hate them for the right reasons. Um, the only return we got to SmackDown is Jethro Hardy, who is no longer on the same brand as Matthew Hardy. That's good, because Vince can have both sides. He can have the, the woke and broken end, and then he can have the solid Hardy legacy. The uh, Team Extreme version, yeah. Uh, past his prime, but cool beans. He's a Grand Slam champion, folks. Everybody is. Fucking everybody is. Eric Young's a Grand Slam champion. Pasty, we went a half hour over. I apologize to everybody listening, but after we missed a week, I think you could take an extra half hour. Just like oh, yeah. I can take an extra three inches every now and then. Got anything else to spew before we flew? Uh, be sure to watch the Greatest Royal Rumble this Friday at approximately noon. Number one. Yeah, by the time you listen to this, it might already be out. Because that's only sleep, half a day sleep away. Late, sleep late, wake up, have cereal, and watch The Greatest Royal Rumble and the way it was always meant to be viewed. Classic. Classic. I can't wait. I have to fucking start work that day. I literally have to start work at noon that day. So that's when I get into <laughs> work. So. I don't even think I'll even try to watch a five-hour rumble after work. It'll have to be the next yeah, morning. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm going to end up watching it probably over a span of a few days because it's going to be a seven-hour show. Yeah. And I'm going to end up watching the pre-show just because this is something that hasn't really happened before. and well, I'm into it. Folks, this has so. been the best beef sticks ever. Yes, the low blow show, bro. Say that five times fast. For Pasty White and Beef Sticks Podcast and Cloud Style Broadcasting, I'm Fat Mac. I said for Pasty White. He already said my name. I know, I stepped on your shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, They call me Jarfunkel. I'm sure we'll see you next week, folks. Count on it. Is that really how you...